a holy motherfucking shit, Purple City. I'm coming to you live, well not live, but live in the moment from me, just fucking riled up and full of this fucking energy. I felt like I have to use this energy to help you guys know about the fucking band conduct. K-A-N-D-E-K-T. Don't try to follow them on social media because they don't have social media. But if you see that they are playing live at a venue near you in Purple City, make sure you drop everything you fucking do and conduct yourself and fucking go. Because this is my favorite fucking local band. Third time tonight I saw them. And this is the third greatest performance I've seen in my life. I've probably seen 300 performances, maybe, yeah, probably around 300, maybe a little more, probably around 300. Top, this was number three. Top three performances, Primus at the Burton Cummings Theater for the Farewell to Kings tribute tour. Number two, Cantor Dust at Rainbow Trout Music Festival at Carpet Beach, 2023. Number three was Conduct which just so happened to be my final ever show at the Goodwill Social Club. This is a very sad moment, Purple City. Let's all just bow our heads and take a moment here to honor maybe the greatest, the greatest environment that has ever been built upon the land, this Treaty 1 territory, this great purple city, Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada. Let's take a moment. fucking show at the goodwill ever was one of the greatest nights of my life just filled with great people great company old friends new friends future friends potential friends me the fr- best friend of myself great music great vibes great energy intense energy fucking just so much gorgeous sweat I must have lost three pounds during Conduct's performance alone. Shout out to Sunday Club. We're fucking amazing. Such a chill, chill band to set up the night and then fold paper to just blow everything into proportion. But fucking Conduct, man. I love them. The first time I saw them was at Darling Bar on a bill with um, French Class and Cavity. I think that was my first time ever at Darling Bar. Um, the venue of Mangerfest 2023, and the second time I saw them was on the rooftop of the Winnipeg Art Gallery, but my god, and you know what? It is a beautiful day. 
Now, normally I would not talk about uh, a band before having a different band on the podcast in the intro for that podcast. Um, but the only reason I thought this was okay was because, well, I walked in my door directly from the show, just fucking pumped of energy after dropping off a few people. And the two guests on today's podcast just so happened to have also been there rocking the fuck out on the floor next to me. Fucking slow mobile, people. Let's slow this shit down. Actually, you know what? No, no, let's not. Before we start getting into like marriage and, and having babies, let's 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 slow things down here a little bit. Let's pull the mobile around. Let's slow these RPMs down to thirty-three and maybe a half. To hear this podcast, man. I haven't re-listened to it yet. A little fair warning. Um, Me and the guys here, we smashed an entire box of wine during the recording of this podcast. Uh, Partly in due to uh, the fire alarm going off and uh, cutting us off halfway through and us just chatting it up and having a great time. And I love meeting these two guys. Kyle Manson and Nathan, I'm sorry Nathan, I don't know your last name, but guys, check out Slow Mobile. Nathan, I don't know your last name because Kyle Kyle just added me on Instagram today. Um, that being said, this is so much fun, so glad to have met these guys. Uh, there might be some future interesting things going on, and um, I'm so, so glad to have had them on here. You may have heard me talk about them in the Mango Fest Chronicles, or you may have heard me talk about them in later podcasts. They've been brought up quite often, actually. I seem to have pissed off a couple people, but we're here all to redeem ourselves and no hard feelings, and, you know, everything works itself out. There are Interesting synchronicities going on, man. Four, 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 four. Uh, the symbol of transformation. The symbol that represents amplified energy due to its repetition, emphasizing strong spiritual connections. It just means that it's a positive sign of transformation and guidance from your guardian angels. Whether you believe in symbolism or not, Symbolism is there whether you choose to find it or choose to lose it and ignore it and ignore the path that is being illuminated in front of you. You choose to follow that path. Lights just keep shining brighter and brighter and they keep turning on all around you and shining brightly upon your thick skull. As you walk down the streets of Purple City and head north, Towards the North Star. Your true purpose on this planet. Well, I think that's about it. Uh, Foghat's telling me to slow down, so let's just uh, get into this fucking podcast because y'all need to check out Slowmobile, man. These guys are recording their new album um, coming out. I don't know when it's coming out, but they're recording their new album this weekend. 
um, just freshly influenced from Conduct's performance. And um, yeah, great things are coming for, for these people and for you. Great things are coming for you too. You're awesome and everything is awesome. Everything is cool when you're part of a team. Good night, Purple City, or good morning, or good afternoon. Good afternoon, good morning, and good night, or good evening, or good dusk, or good dawn. Either way, good riddance. I love you all. Get the funk out of my face, brother. Okay, now let's actually do this. Um, okay, Purple City, I got Slowmobile here. Uh, two sixths or two fifths? Two fifths. Two fifths. Two fifths. Nathan and Kyle. Kyle, sorry, Nathan, you're the lead singer, obviously. Correct. And Kyle, what do you play? Lead guitar. Lead <clears throat> guitar, right on. Mm -hmm. uh, I obviously don't have any questions here in front of me either. <laughs> this is a very unprofessional uh, podcast so far. Very unprepared. It's natural. It's um, I've not been home podcast. for four days, so it's yeah. like I'm scrambling here. But anyways, first question. What's the story with Slowmobile? Where did you guys get the name? Do you want me to go? Cause... Yeah, yeah, you okay. go ahead, Nathan. So uh, I used to go to a lot of parties, and since uh, I began focusing on work and you know adult life, not to say that partying is an adult life, everyone parties pretty well. Um, I I used to go to a lot of parties, and a friend of mine, who I won't name, just in case they don't want to be mentioned, uh, they were messing with me and making fun of me because I take the bus. And I was just, you know, being practical and saying, you know, it's less costly, everything, whatever. And he, he called it the slowmobile. And I thought it was just the funniest thing. Uh, I just kept it in my back pocket. I thought that would be a great band name because it's ironic, you know. If we play fast, then slowmobile is ironic. And if we play slow, then it's accurate. And it's like yeah. never wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Huh? For, for me, I kind of like the... Uh... Like the visual of old, beat up, uh, classic cars that, you know, total rust buckets that probably shouldn't be on the road, mm -hmm. you know, like something from the 50s. So when I hear slow mobile, I just think of some old beater that's just putting along. And, you know, sometimes that's our music. <laughs> I love that. How long have you guys been uh, a band? It's probably like almost exactly a year now. I think what well, depends on when we would uh qualify us as a band because i think we'd do you want us to give a like a quick rundown on like yeah, how the absolutely. band came together because yeah, that, that would kind of like take us to the answer i guess yeah let's do it yeah so well, we got no time limit here right so i had spent a lot of time feeling like i was missing out on the music scene so i went right to kijiji and uh you know basically put out an ad looking for people to jam with Nathan and I had actually played uh, in the past as like a duo. Uh, Tribe of a, Ghosts. Yeah, we played a show together under that name. And uh, where then, was that show? Uh, Saffron's. Like the restaurant. Yeah, like the <laughs> yeah. restaurant. No way, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, it was hilarious. There was like no one there. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. on Corden. Yeah, yeah on yeah. Corden. Okay, okay. And we were basically doing like an acoustic set, and the band after us was so loud. Uh, it was just so out of place for that restaurant, but it was mm. a good time. Uh, but yeah, so put out an ad on Kijiji looking for people to jam with, and I found this one dude who plays bass, and I kind of played with him a couple of times, and then I was like, hey, like, let's get my buddy Nathan involved, right? He can sing. 
and very fucking well by the way thank you like, insane right? thank pipes. you very much <laughs> and uh so yeah that evolved into uh let's you know meet up with uh, nathan's friend eden who well, drums well, hold on we gotta mention too how i wasn't told that this was apparently uh an audition for the bass player's band oh yeah that's kind of what it turned into i guess i wasn't like, i wasn't aware i thought i was just coming for a jam and then you know after we were done jamming he just said okay so you're in <laughs> which is so funny because like i didn't really know that was the case mm. but yeah the bass player was like oh yeah you guys are in my band i'm like okay great oh, that's and awesome. his his space was okay like it gave us a place to play but it was not acoustically sound really like it was just uh like plaster walls that were painted over real glossy everything is like everything was like painted over a lot mm. you know so yeah. it was just a square room i think hardwood floors and probably too much noise to really get anything recorded properly in there for us so we went to our drummer's place you know we well at the time our friend eden's you know i'd, I'd worked on on music with him before but we brought our our, our bass player guy over there and uh I think the same thing happened, didn't it, Kyle? Yeah, so we jammed with Eden and bass player guy. We won't name him, but uh, he was like, oh, yeah, you are you made it. You're in the band, Eden. And then we were just <laughs> kind of like, it felt like, you know, Nathan, Eden, and I had more chemistry because we've all been friends already. Mm. So we were like, mm, it's kind of feeling like our band. And, uh, you know, this uh, bass player, like, he had more, like, punk rock chops, so... Uh, it didn't really fit with what we were going for. And then we ended up with uh, Ty, who is also a close friend of uh, of ours. And mm -hmm. he came over and ripped the saxophone. And um, then we just kind of decided that, you know, it wasn't working out with that bass player. It was kind of hard to uh, get the chops out of him that we needed. And then we found Andy on Reddit, of all places. Okay. Yeah. So I guess your question was, when did we, how long have we been a band? I guess like I'd have to say we were a band when we finally found enough people to get along and play together and make something cohesive that we felt comfortable playing it regularly with those people. Mm -hmm. I think when it was just the three of us at the beginning uh, and even the four of us with Eden briefly and then, you know, it took really finding Andy, I think. And getting him playing bass, um, I think that's when the band really formed. Okay, and like, so did you guys all like? You guys are all friends from school, or how did you guys know each other prior? Um, I had met Nathan like back in junior high through another friend of mine, and then we were never really close until like after high school, I'd say. And then, oh well. Nathan and Eden and Ty, they all went to the same high school together. Okay, yeah. okay. Okay. How old are you guys? Uh, I'm 29. 28. Yeah. Okay, cool. I think uh, Eden's probably 28 and Ty's 28 as well. And then Andy, he's what? I think 30... he's like 32 or 34 or something like that. Yeah. So in a year, you guys, so you guys put together a band from the ground up, like clearly with a vision already started. Like you said that you had a guy who wasn't really fitting in the way you wanted him to. So like, what was this vision from the start? Like, it, what was your idea? I'd say it wasn't even that he wasn't fitting in necessarily. We just couldn't get along. 
Okay. We couldn't get along musically, and we couldn't get along personally. I don't think there was a lot of communication barriers. Okay, yeah, like um, he wasn't a bad guy, but just no. like the chemistry wasn't there, I guess. And Absolutely. I don't, yeah. I don't think we really had any idea from the beginning of what we wanted. Maybe each individually, and we might have, you know, at times expressed that, oh, this is an influence right now for me. Like I'm listening to a lot of this; it's really inspiring me. I want to do something similar to this. But we never kind of like sat down and said, okay, like let's sound like Van Halen mixed with uh, Ozzy Osbourne and Barbara Streisand. Um, I wish we sounded like that because that would be pretty <laughs> fucking cool. Um, but that like there was no concept to begin with. I think it kind of naturally and cohesively came together while we all got more comfortable playing with one another. What kind of influences do you have musically? Well, for me, it's a lot of, like, uh, just, like, raw, like, grunge-inspired stuff. Uh, it's kind of, like, a mix of, like, you know, there's bands like Mets that's really influenced my playing right now, and they're kind of, like, this kind of, like, newer age, punk rock, grungy sound. Uh, and, like, a lot of 90s stuff, too. Anything that's really, like, influenced by Sabbath... Um, my biggest inspiration for hands down is Caius. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. So desert rock. Yeah, yeah. Like the desert rock stuff is a big influence for me. So y you might hear like a little bit of like Josh Homme ripoff licks mm -hmm. in some of our tunes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Man, how did the saxophone, like how did that come in? That's a very unique aspect to your guys' band that I don't see. Um, often. It, yeah. Yeah. It's not something you see too often. Like if you see a band with brass, it's kind of like fits the niche for mm -hmm. the band right like in a hard rock band like you guys yeah well it, it like really completes the sound too i mean i've only seen you guys perform twice i saw the last time at, at osborne tapos which is unreal yeah thank you <laughs> thank so you my mind had changed yeah i apologize i really apologize <laughs> oh no 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 words. That's um, you know what we, we we're actually inspired by it and i've got it saved on my phone just because it's um i wasn't bothered initially I, I was actually, I felt like I was like given a badge of honor because it was funny. We were having like such a successive like run of like our first couple shows. At our first show, people were telling us that, you know, like this can't be your first show. Like we, yeah. we were really honored by people's reaction to it. And then we had this one bad show and I got to blame on my end at least. I won't speak for anyone else. They had a great drink special. It was called the Cocktail Crusher. Okay. It, it was any shot of your choice with a beer yeah and it was like 12 bucks yeah you know we got there at like six o'clock and we were on at like what like 10 30 yeah, and yeah, so yeah, there's yeah. drink specials right mm -hmm. <laughs> so what what i thought would be a funny idea and i don't know what you think about this but i thought we're, we're working right now on going to the studio to record uh what we're hoping will be an ep maybe maybe an album depending on how it goes yeah we're kind of bordering the runtime between ep and lp Okay. Uh, with what we want to record, but that's actually just this weekend that we're going to be going into studio. Oh, awesome. But we wanted to, uh, you know, propose to you that uh, we could quote you for like a sticker on the cover of our album. <laughs> Are you fucking serious? Can we? That would be like amazing. That'd my, be awesome. My thought. Such an honor, guys. <laughs> my what? thought, which would be that like we could have the quote. And, and like a zero star review saying like one of the worst bands I've ever seen. And then like underneath that from the exact same person, I have, you know, a, a 
like a whatever you know a better rating and at the same time a quote from this podcast where it's like ah you know these guys rock yeah, that, that, that would be amazing <laughs> yeah yeah if you're cool that. With that. no i'm super cool Sweet. with that i'm more than cool with that and that's kind of my point when i was what what i was saying is like i wasn't like even upset at first i was honestly honored i felt like there was an endearment to like being called that so early in like our career as a band and then also at the same time being invited back yeah. to the place where you know we had heard that it was it was it was really great and yeah. we're happy to be here it's yeah. awesome it was just cool to be like here to hear yourself being talked about and that's right <laughs> yeah. yeah that's kind of why i'm doing this yeah. too and i just i never thought anyone would actually listen to it let alone like carter fucking listened to it and he came on yeah. and then like, it, 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 a lot of people heard that yeah. Uh, and then Sunbreather too. Oh um, yeah. Sunbreather's But great. like my comments to you guys pissed off some people too. Oh really? Uh, I had American Heroin on the podcast. Oh no. I mean they've they're no longer a band right now, so right. the podcast has been shelved for oh, okay. reasons. Um, but like the drummer from that band refused to come here. He said, "Fuck that guy for like what I said about your." Oh band. really? Yeah. Wow. He said, "Fuck that." Hmm. So. Interesting. Well, and you know what? I thought that was I was not bothered by that either. I was yeah, like, yeah. "Fuck yeah!" Like people are like <laughs> listening. To Let the people getting, talk. They're, yeah. they're actually <laughs> having personal reactions to my words. Yeah, you fucking know, crazy. No press it's, is bad press, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. No. For context, uh, if anyone's listening, uh, if you listen to the Mango House Chronicles, I I had said that Slumbleville was the worst band I'd ever seen, which is a harsh comment because, but I mean, I I. You weren't that harsh though. You, you, you. I, I listened to it earlier today to prepare. Yeah. It, it was. I and I think I quote, "What Slowmobile was literally one of the worst <laughs> bands I've ever seen." It but was, yeah. I don't know if it was just them, or if it was the night, or if it was the venue. Like there could have been something I'm unaware of. To be fair, know? it was our worst performance ever. It was. <laughs> uh, no, I'm pretty sure the, the saxophone wasn't coming through the audio. No. Well, and they cut us off in the middle of the first song, and we kind of just went into the first song rather than doing a proper sound check because the and no no disrespect because they put on a certainly better performance than we did, but like Silas Presley's band kind of like cut into our time. But they were mm. phenomenal. They were phenomenal. Yeah, we couldn't yeah, yeah. blame them for like playing out. If if we were allowed to and we were playing well, we would have obviously wanted the same, mm-hmm. but. You know, with with all the circumstances in place, it turned out being definitely the worst show. You know, <laughs> but yeah. you know what? It was it was great. It was a great like experience for everyone in the end. Everyone learned something. Yeah, I think every I band. A lot. I think every band needs one of those shows, or like a, at least has an allowance for one or two of them, right? Yes, yeah. and that was a tough night, man. It was like it was chaotic. Mm-hmm. It was chaotic. A lot but, of bands yeah. there. It, it was new for a lot of people like that was like the first mango fest that wasn't in like a backyard and mm. it was held in a like in a proper venue yeah so it was very uh very novel for us too like we've never played like in a time slot like that with a quick changeover or mm. anything. yeah, yeah the, it was it was impressive how well organized it was but because i think it was a new process even for the people involved in the organization of it i think it was um it was like a staggering experience for everyone involved. It was challenging probably for everyone involved in a Mm -hmm. lot of ways. And uh, I think we just took the cake. 
<laughs> in, in what ways could like could that like have been improved for you guys? Um, well, I think maybe uh, like how could it have run a little bit better? Do you have any like suggestions or thoughts? Yeah, and it's something we've talked about as a band. Uh, after that was uh, you know, less drinks before we go on stage. Uh huh. Yeah. And um, I think like as far as like um the operation goes like you know better uh, more time to change over i think because yes. that was uh that was fast i think it was like five ten minutes to uh you know for the previous band to tear down and the next band to set up mm-hmm. um i think that, i think too like they're having us do sound checks in between sets mm-hmm. right yeah. but it was like such a brief sound check and such a brief time to change over uh i think for me the main thing was that the fact that I think we had to be there for like four thirty or five. Yeah, we had to be there pretty early. And um, then I don't think we got to go on until like ten was our yeah. time to start. So we had like a lot of hours to kill, uh, and nowhere to really go that would like give us time to get back and be prepared. So we're, it was like this limbo state with a really good drink special. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and like we we didn't really want to just. Blame <laughs> And like we right. we didn't want to just uh, like take off. We like sticking around and watching the bands too, right? So yeah. good good for you for yeah. doing that too. And again, you know, no shade to Mango Fest. It was great. All the love to Carter. Carter. I had a, a great time. Guy. Yeah, and we hope that uh, they'll have us back next year. No, Carter's one of the sweetest humans I've ever met. Oh, absolutely. Actually, mind if I grab some of that? No, help yourself, man. Thank you. Also, I gotta mention, like, are you wearing like a full suit here? This is <laughs> fucking awesome. I wanted to be as well presented as possible this time. <laughs> I told him he should just go shirtless, just like the mango. Yeah, I almost replied and said, uh, "Yeah, just both ends of the spectrum. Hey, you're not giving me any leeway." Yeah. <laughs> um. So wait, so you guys have only been together for a year. How many shows have you played? I see your name pop up quite a bit. For, for being a band that's been together for l- like less than a year, you'd performed at Goodwill already. Uh, yeah. Finally. Right? Uh, I think we're probably at like seven or eight shows this year. I think it was or six was our last. Since uh, Canada Day last year. Let's count six. them out. Let's count them out. July 1st, Canada Day last year was our first show. Mm-hmm. Where was it? Uh, handsome, handsome daughter. daughter. Oh, cool, yeah. cool, cool. And then Rec Room, right? Rec Room. And oh, you then, played at Rec Room. Yeah, yeah. played at Rec Room for like a free show or? Uh, no, it no. was paid, but uh, it didn't make much. Didn't make much. <laughs> it's a hard venue. It was supposed to, to be televised. To. Yeah, but we haven't heard back about that. Televised. Yeah, there was someone there filming, yeah, like with a big like, tripod. I think it was like supposed to be like. And Brandon. Some Brandon Access Cable Channel. <laughs> oh. Yeah, so there was that. Oh, yeah, the rec room's a tough room. Yeah, it is, because, like, it's so far out of the way. How do yeah. you get people to come down? But we sounded all right. Yeah. And that's how we met sure. the, the dudes that we're going to be recording with, too. Mm-hmm. No way. Okay, yeah. so it was divine anyway. It was divine. meant to be. Yeah. So there was that. Then there was... Um, was it back to Handsome, Handsome Daughter, Daughter after again. that? We opened up for Confucius' album release. And then we did oh. the Tap House. Yeah, the Tap House. And then we did the Tap House again, the I think, House right? Again. Also Mango Fest. Mango Fest? How many is that? Oh, so maybe, yeah, just six. And then uh. Tap House after that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess I kind of like listed them a little out of order. Oh, okay, but okay. but yeah, I think, yeah, yeah six, right? This yeah. will be the seventh. I guess, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we've got a seventh coming up. January twenty sixth, into, into the music. Yeah, it's there. free, nice. seven thirty. Be there, be there yeah. or uh, 
be there. Uh, I'm kind of excited for it because it's my understanding that like Into the Music also doesn't really have like a huge like uh, stage production. So it's going to be basically how we just play at the jam space, you know? Yeah, I or, mean, how, you, you've obviously been into the music, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's just in the corner there. Right. By like, by like where the cassettes are and stuff. Yeah, so I'm interested in uh, how we'll fit five of us in there. <laughs> yeah, I've only, like, I only saw one performance there and it was two people. I think oh, okay. they might move the, like, some of the shelves sometimes. Oh, okay, yeah, they might have to, for sure. If, if they're expecting enough people. So, I know they just had a they just had a show there. Uh, I can't. I think they. I think. Oh, I'm so sorry if I'm wrong, but I think there was a band called Synthetic Friend that was just there. Yes. And they, I think they, there was like a Polaroid taken of them, and they're like, "Oh, thanks for packing the place." And it's like, man, that's like really exciting to hear that like local bands can play at a record store and that many people show up. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. That's so exciting to me. They advertise it quite well too. Oh, it's yeah. good for business. Yeah. Like every time I'm sharing about this show, I'm saying like, go like buy some records from your local exactly. independent store and then come and see us. So how did that go about? Did they ask you guys to play, or did I, you reach I out? I asked them. Nice. Okay, so that's how it works. Do you, mm-hmm. you reach out to venues. They don't reach out to you. Is that how you book your gigs? Um, Usually, unless a friend like invites us to fill a slot or yeah, like our first show we put together ourselves. Because, you know, things finally, like, came together. We had the whole band together, and Andy fit in, like, you know, the perfect puzzle piece. And we did our first show with, what, like, a 12-song set. It was awesome, yeah. We had, like, an hour to play for our first show. Yeah. That's awesome. So we booked that ourselves, and, like, that was uh, the interesting interesting thing to me was how easy it is to actually just put on your own show. Like the only other bands that I've played in was like back in high school and it seemed so hard to get a gig then. Yeah. Cause I, we didn't really know how to do it, but now, yeah, it's just a matter of sending an email and uh, putting it together. We had American heroin and uh, two years late. Yeah. Yeah. Open I'm up for us. With them. Yeah, two years of... late. No, never heard of them. Uh, friend of mine, Chelsea, has this band. It's uh, like kind of punk ska. Yeah, they're great. She they're brings pretty cool. In some really good energy. And it's weird too, because like we found like both the bass players that we've worked with, you know, Andy and our, our last fella, um, found them online. And it's funny because for this show, you know, like we found American Heroin online. We're like, who, who are we going to get to play with us? You know, like every, all the bands I think you knew at the time, Kyle, were all busy with shows yeah. and they had stuff they're doing. And yeah, like no one could help us out. And we're like, oh, shit, like we're just it's going to be like renting a room for college with strangers, you know? <laughs> and like it, it was funny because like we're such different sounding bands, like, you know, two years late, it's kind of like a punk, almost scoff uh, outfit mm-hmm. and American heroin. Like, you know what they sound like. But yeah. each of us had a saxophone. Each of or us a brass, had a or brass. Or brass. Two bands that I've seen with saxophone. Yeah. <laughs> I think two years late had the uh, like trumpet at time. Mm-hmm. At no a time. Way. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, that was a good one. Yeah, it was awesome. I think that might have been the best turnout. And if not the best turnout, I think it was like the most money we made from a show, I think, was yeah. that show. Uh, well, I think we did pretty well with Y at the Tap House, actually. He's saying. No, I, th- I thought we did better at the tap house. Was it really? Yeah. I thought that was like double digits. <laughs> no, that was rec room with why. Oh, tap house. Sorry. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, rec room. Sorry. Booking our own shows. We've had people reach out. Like, you know, we're, uh, you know, friends with Confucia. 
Uh, Which I saw this year at Soupstock. I fucking nice. loved Confucia. They're great. They Amazing. Are good. Is, that kid, is the guy on bass, is his name Hayden? Yes. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I used to work with that guy. Yeah, Hayden's a cool dude. Yeah, he's really cool. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah and it was... Uh... I couldn't tell Soupstock because they were all wearing balaclavas. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> was it, when did they have Soupstock? That was in it's October? October. So oh, it's I was going to say, yeah. was this summertime? Because no, that would be hot. It's fucking cold. <laughs> Yeah, it was cold. Yeah, it's a cold festival. No, that's really cool. Hence when the I, soup. When I heard about that festival, I was like, "Damn, that sounds like something I want to be a part of." It was yeah. the greatest weekend of my life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had a very interesting time there. So, kind of coming back to the music, I I wanted to say like some of my influences because I feel like the best way to go about describing our sound or even describing how we came to find it or even recognize it. I think recognizing the sound of a group is more important than finding it a lot of the time. Is that... Sorry, can you explain that better? Like, what do you mean the difference between recognizing and finding? Well, I think a lot of people try and search and look for their sound and they work really hard and they try a bunch of different things trying to, like, do something original. But I think there's something inherently original in how people play music with one another. If you can't play music with someone, then it's just obvious it's not going to work. But if you can play music with them, there's like a, a scale of discernment you have, you know, on the level of how well you get along with them musically. Yeah. And there's a chemistry. And if five people can get together and play a song on the spot out of nowhere that everyone's just improvising and making up, there's something you can't deny about that and trying to like fight against that and try and develop a different sound than what's already there because of your personal biases yeah. is kind of weird in my mind. I guess uh, to like, you know, simplify that, I guess one is Please. just like an organic, um, <laughs> an or organic discovery of what your sound is versus like a manufactured sound, right? Yeah. Like you're, we didn't really go into <clears throat> our music trying to sound one way or another. We just, you know, we had <clears throat> Nathan on vocals, myself on guitar, Andy bass, Eden drums, and Ty on sax, and we just went with whatever came out of us. Um, you know, some we started off just playing some songs that Nathan had written uh, solo, and we all just kind of, you know, turned up the volume on it together, put our own um, twists on it, and... Yeah, it was all very organic, and every like jam session that we have, we kind of run through the set list, and then we seem to like end the practice with like an off-the-cuff <clears throat> improvised jam, and that's kind of where some of our songs come from too. Mm. Yeah, that's what that's what I was wanting to know. Like, how do you, how do your songs come <clears throat> about? Like, how do you begin to write? Do you, do you jam it and then write from there? Or uh, well, yeah, like Nathan had. There's some songs on our set list that Nathan had written himself before we all got to, got together as a group. And uh, uh, yeah, we just kind of like put our layers on those songs. And then there's also like a few in the set list that I had written the riffs to. And I'm not much of a lyricist myself. So, uh, you know, it's really cool to like just bring a riff to the practice. And Nathan's like, oh, I got lyrics that would work really well with that. And Eden just instantly finds like the pocket on the drums and you know everything else falls into place with Andy and Ty it's uh in a way like Nathan and I kind of bring the ideas but we have uh, written a couple of songs where we're just like 
everybody threw in their parts and you know i think the ideas that we bring now are loose enough that everyone just intuitively knows how to fill in and like do their own thing like we give everyone uh like enough room to kind of just groove and do whatever they want and it's like the only the only intelligent thing to do is the thing that's going to sound good so like you're not going to fight that instinct if something doesn't sound good you know like oh don't go there again Mm -hmm. and it just kind of comes together but i think a lot of it also has to do with our our influences like i know kyle mentioned some of his like some noisier kind of like experimental kind of desert stoner stuff i'm really influenced by like soundgarden and alice in chains nirvana um, but also a lot of stuff like Elliot Smith or Mark Lanigan, more singer-songwriter stuff, Nick mm-hmm. Drake. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then Eden, our drummer, is very much influenced by a lot of like 50s kind of like doo-wop and really? like, yeah, like yeah. jazz yeah. and, and Dude, like big so band music. Because he like gives a doo-woppy vibe <laughs> like, to him. Like, I know. Yeah. the way he dresses and carries himself. <laughs> right? from, like, a, just from an onlooker watching. Yeah, I joke yeah. with him that he could walk onto the set of a Martin Scorsese movie and get paid. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he could. He could. <laughs> He's Italian, right? <laughs> at heart. Uh, and then and- Andy, I think, kind of like shares a lot of our influences as well. Like one of my big influences is the Tragically Hip. They've become a really big influence on me recently. Yeah, during a lot of band practices, Andy will just bust out like Tragically Hip bass lines. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're a big favorite of his, and I think that kind of, like, helps him understand, like, where I'm going with some of the more um, sporadic and emotional, emotionally outbursting kind of vocal things mm-hmm. I do. Some of the ranty stuff that I do when I just talk to the audience to, like, yeah. give myself some chance to breathe, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, he kind of gets those things from probably observing a band like that so closely. And then Ty, I know, is like into a lot of different stuff too. Like he loves like all different sorts of things. Sam Roberts, uh, more jazzy stuff. Uh, I know he 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 digs like a bunch of different kind of music. A lot of it crosses over with us too. And it's it's funny that you asked how he was like first involved in the band too, because we went to school with him, me and Eden. And in school, I'm pretty sure he was in in jazz band. You know, like he's always been involved in playing saxophone or piano or some other instrument in some form yeah we, but haven't, ne- we haven't fully milked ty for what he's got yet he's no apparently a pretty good uh piano player or oh, really player. Yeah, he's yeah. a talented musician and I, I think part of my uh inspiration outside of being like really close friends with him and wanting to you know involve him in pretty much every good thing i do is is the fact that he's really talented and i don't think he's had a good opportunity outside of school to show that to people with music maybe i'm wrong but like i i don't think he's been in a band and i think when he came over it like it closed the gap on a lot of bridges and like made a lot of connections happen within the band it made things kind of come home i think he kind of gives the band our identity in a lot of ways because we're we're slow and fast we're like heavy and soft mm-hmm. at the same time, and I think mm-hmm. he's a big part of that. I think he's the cherry on top. Everybody mentions the saxophone. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it really does like fill in and complete the sound. Oh, totally. Um, how are you? Like, so you guys are recording right now, or you're about to record this weekend? About to record. Yeah, we are going to Studio Twenty Three. Where's that? That's uh, I know nothing about Saint Anne. I've only been to No Fun Club. Yeah, that's like just out by Saint Anne. Okay. Yeah. Uh, what other bands have 
recorded their EP. Uh, you know? Sunbreather did their EP there. Oh, okay, yeah. okay, okay. Uh, I've seen lots of video of them recording, so mm -hmm. okay, I know where you're Oh, well, about. recently I think they're recording at no Fun Bedside Club? or No Bedside? Fun Club? Oh. Bedside, maybe. Might be yeah. Bedside. I don't know. It didn't look like No Fun Club. Right. Uh, so yeah, probably Bedside. I guess that's probably where they're doing their album, but I know they did their EP at Studio 23. Oh, yeah. okay, okay, okay. Yeah, and uh, a couple of other bands, like the guy who uh, we actually met through playing at the Rec Room, he was doing sound there and he gave us his business card. He's an engineer at Studio 23. Cool. So yeah, we'll be, we'll be going there. The rates are good. Um, yeah. Yeah. And... Uh... Are you going to, sorry, someone is producing it for you or? Um, well, yeah, it's something. How does it work? We're, uh, I think basically we're just paying them to record it and um, mix from the sounds of it. And it's like a separate deal. Yeah. Okay. Worked yeah. out two different ways. So we're kind of going to be working on it in increments, I'm thinking. Okay. We're going to get everything recorded that we can. And hopefully, I'm thinking, use the time to do that. Mm -hmm. And if there's any left for what kind of funds we have, I think we'll probably funnel that into starting to get the first couple songs mixed. Yeah. Uh, um, we have one, I guess you could call it like a single. We have it like pretty much all recorded and mastered, but without a sax track. And that one um, we recorded ourselves in the jam space. And, uh, you know, I splurged a little and bought like a bunch of uh, recording equipment. And that's kind of been like the best product we've gotten with it so far. I'd say. Yeah. But yeah, I think we're recording six songs this weekend. I think that's the plan. Yeah. yeah. I think we're aiming to have seven on the project though, right? Yeah. So I'm not even sure if you could call it an EP at that point, but... Yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, shit, yeah. Like, how long are the how long would it be runtime? Like, around 30 minutes, I think, is like... It can, like, probably 40 yeah, that's, a, that's think an so? LP. Then, Maybe yeah. that's, that's 35 to 40. 35 yeah. to 40. Call yeah. that an album. I don't know. I think it's going to be like an 29 album. minutes is like pushing it. Like that's like yeah. the kind of the cutoff for EP, I think. Just the self-titled album then. Mm -hmm. That'll apparently help us with streaming too. I don't know if you guys know this, but the uh, last thing Nine Inch Nails released was a trilogy of what were supposed to be EPs. And the first two were released as EPs. Uh, but they didn't have really good uh, like streaming numbers because of the categorization. No one these days is looking for EPs. I, Everyone's looking for singles and albums. Spotify, it's like separated. Too. Yeah. yeah. I found a lot of sick EPs by just accidentally scrolling too fast, and you're like, oh, fuck, I keep forgetting yeah. that there's EPs that bands have. Yeah. So for the third one, Trent Reznor, like, very distinctly in the press, like, clarified, this is an album, this is not an EP, <laughs> this, <laughs> you know... And uh, yeah, it might it might help us out actually if we yeah reconsider the yeah, I think so the weight of this project. And that's the one thing we keep hearing too is like, well, where can I listen to you guys? And we just have like live video from our performances on like YouTube and stuff. So we don't actually have um, anything available to stream right now. So yeah. Where are you going to plan on streaming? Everywhere, I uh, guess. Yeah, everywhere we can. Are you going to do any physical copies? Oh, we would like to. CD? That's what the, the whole sticker uh, yeah. idea is about. Yeah. yeah. You know, the, the, the reviews? <laughs> we we want to stick that on the cellophane. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be amazing. That's so awesome. <laughs> <laughs>
Ah, I can't wait to see that. Yeah, we've got a uh, like an eye-catching design. Uh, yeah, you want to see? Picked out already. I would love to see. I'd love to. Please, sh- oh, hold on. Do you mind if I set this mic down and yeah, grab my do phone? It. Do it. Do it. Do it. Oh, don't worry about nothing. <laughs> this is. That's fucking awesome, guys. Yeah, thank you. And like, it feels really cool because this uh, whole recording venture is like completely funded by the shows that we've played. Yeah. So um, you're self-funding. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh yeah. Do your own art. Right. Nice. With just That's a year perfect. of playing under a belt. You guys are fucking killing it. That's thank fucking you. Crazy. Also, I'm noticing like I'm very new to the music scene here. In the last year and a half, I've just dove head first in. Mm-hmm. I went to 158 performances last Ooh. year. That's the album cover. Yeah. Okay. A question: If I put on 3D glasses, is that 3D? <laughs> I, I haven't. I haven't yet. tried it yet. I haven't tried it because it looks like if you put one of those like, <laughs> red and green. Speaking about being frugal, I did it on my phone. <laughs> no way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. No, that's a sick fucking. And then mm. where's the other that we made like with these pictures here? Oh, you guys here? got awesome pictures. I, cher- oh. I cherry picked these pictures from uh, a great photographer. Her name's uh, Sam Strager. Yeah. Uh, and then I made this back album cover. Oh, that looks awesome. With uh, the band logo that I first had designed, the circle logo. Mm-hmm. Yes. And yes. and one that our drummer had made with AI. <laughs> Yeah, that's supposed to be like the the logo for the jam space, I guess. Okay, okay. If we're technically recording stuff down there, I guess we'll include that as well. Okay. Yeah. We're just stoked about everything we're doing. Oh yeah, I did a drawing too for t-shirts. That Okay, you got to lean into the slow mobile too. That's fucking awesome. Oh yeah, with, with that big circle logo like right under it that's here. Cool. The cool thing is like Wait, Did you draw that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That. Here. There, there's like there's the mock artist, dude. Wow. That pencil sketch or Uh it started with pencil and then turned to like pen and ink, but The cool thing That looks awesome. Also, uh, to I can't bring wait to, buy that shirt. to bring up Ty again. Hell yeah. He's also in graphic design. Yes. And uh you know, he's like in the process of purchasing a, uh, like a, what, what kind of business would you call that? Like a print company? I guess. Mm-hmm. Something like a cross between graphic design and print business. Yeah. So like. There's like car wraps and stuff. Yeah. So like he, he makes like slow mobile stickers for our shows. So that's kind of cool because like in our back pocket, like merch isn't too hard to make. Right. So. <laughs> yeah, uh, I need some of those stickers for my wall too. By the cool, way, man. cool, cool. <laughs> Do you have one on you, Nathan? No, we put them all up. Ah, yeah, good. I put one in in a bus shack on top of the no smoking sign on the inside. So whenever people are cold and sitting inside the bus shack, they're staring at our band name. I love putting stickers up. I put mushroom stickers up all over the city. Oh yeah. So if you see any mushroom stickers, <laughs> they're typically from me. Have you gotten one of uh, Carter's mushroom stickers? No. Yeah, he was. I didn't know he had mushroom stickers. Yeah, he. he <laughs> no, <what? laughs> no. It's a yeah. This one time, uh, it was like before Mango Fest. We were doing like a Mango Fest pub crawl, and the idea was like everybody who's involved is like just gonna you know go from pub to pub. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, that night he like uh, I learned that he does kind of like uh, foraging tours. I don't know if he still does that. I don't know. But yeah, like he would uh, you know take people. Uh, to go and do foraging and yeah he kind of did up some stickers for that and awesome yeah so i don't know next time you talk to him see if he's got some of those stickers 
Yeah, I will. <laughs> I think I'll see him later later this week. So, question for you, because you said you just kind of got into the music scene a year and a half ago, that's what you said? Uh, so, how long have you been doing the Purple City podcast? Just as long, or...? Uh, it was my one year anniversary last week. Cool. That's sweet. Congrats. So I've only been doing Congrats, this for a man. year. I mean, okay, I've done, I, I, I did the podcast as like a fucking shits and giggles thing with friends yeah. uh, when I was younger, like eight years ago. Um, as part of like, I took a radio and podcasting course in, okay. in uh, Red River and I, I had to like come up with a podcast and then purple city podcast just kind of formed it had nothing to do with what it is now yeah and then um january 16th 2022 i had a crazy mushroom trip <laughs> and basically don't we all signed a mission to fucking bring this back to, yeah, to what it was and start it back up uh, as my life was changing and i just started fucking around and making podcasts where i'd interview people i knew just like friends and my idea was just to like interview all, like people in the city i wasn't expecting to be musicians right and then it just sort of worked itself out into this and this is like more this is more exciting than anything i could have ever imagined this is like yeah actually this kind is of a like, really cool thing man thank yeah. you because <laughs> i fucking love it and it feels stupid sometimes but people actually listen to this and it's weird and like i've made so many friends i've gotten a lot of like I've just gotten a lot of shit out of this, and I wasn't looking for anything. I do this for free. I, 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 it's a doorway into another life. Literally. It, it is. A strong is. mushroom trip once told me to join the army, and I'm glad I did not listen. <laughs> <laughs> did you have another one that Are told you, you to do otherwise? I am serious. I don't know. I think, like, at the time... I don't I... know, dude. We might not be having these issues with Ukraine right now if you had joined the army. That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It was, like, a time in my life where I didn't really have much direction, and I was like, yeah, joining the army, that would, like, really, like, straighten me out. That's crazy. But, yeah, no. no that I'm was, so glad you didn't do that. Yeah, that was just one thought loop that day. <laughs> Interesting. You know, speaking of excitement, you know, that you mentioned how this project for you is really exciting, right? Mm -hmm. I'm, I think, mainly excited about what we're doing right now. I mean, I want to say it's because of how far we've come and what we've done as a group, but I've got this weird, like, selfish excitement. Because, like Kyle said, a lot of these songs are songs that I wrote and kind of, like, contributed to the group early on so that we had something to kind of work with. And I, I think it was maybe even Andy, someone... One of the guys in the band had said it, it was like a springboard. It kind of gave us like an opportunity to just go, like get with it and go rather than having to come up with material first. And um, yeah, like when Andy joined, we basically had like uh, most of a set. List, Here's the set, right? bud. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he was with us to write some of our own songs, too. Yeah. And he, he helped kind of like flush them out and like contribute to the funk and the groove yeah. of a lot of it. And like, although we kind of have like our own catalog right now i really do look forward to you know writing some more originals oh yeah with, with everyone now too because uh like just the stuff we improvise and like you know andy can throw down right so i feel like uh he's uh there's like a lot of like potential for our music going forward too 100 percent. i i think what um I think what I'm getting at is that the the band kind of found its identity through its influences. Everyone had all these different influences 
And once we found out, like, okay, we've got this music that this guy wrote, well, how can we, like, all, like, stuff our influences into the, this three-chord structure? Mm-hmm. You know, and that, I think, was the biggest challenge. But it wasn't about, like, breaking the convention or doing um, something new. It wasn't about creating. It was about, like, reducing our own input almost so that we had, like, the most clearest perception about what, what's the most functional thing to do with this simple thing. The simple thing that if we build off of is going to like lead to something that doesn't seem simple and seems thought through. Yes. You know, and, and a lot of those songs started with just me strumming a couple chords and, you know, oh, here's a poem I wrote last week. Let's sing those words over that. Some of them are 10 years old and some of them I thought were never going to see the light of day in, in the way that they have. So I'm not only like personally gratified by seeing that, but I'm so happy that they've also, in a way, kind of provided part of that momentum that's created a such a bonding opportunity for all of the guys in the band like i'll speak for myself personally i suffer a lot like mentally and emotionally living in the world and i i think more people need something like a group of uh friends that they see once a week yeah yeah and you know when we're kids we have that all the time we have our friends on the block we go out and play when you grow up you don't have that everyone's too busy yeah, that's beautiful. And the fire alarm is going off in my apartment. Oh, jeez. I hope nothing's on fire. Is that from your unit or like the hallway? The building. <laughs> um, I guess we should pause. Okay. Hard uh, pause. Hard pause. This has <laughs> never happened before. <laughs> it's funny you ask that, that there's another Purple City. There's a Purple City music festival. Really? There's a and we're back. There? And there's a poster right there. Actually, you guys okay. should right now today they they started um, artist applications for Purple City. Really? Music what? festival. It's in Edmonton. Okay. Festival. I Purple not... City turning us on to Purple City. I know. I did not know that it was a thing, and then I'd already started the podcast, and one day I was on mushrooms, and I'm going through an Exclaim magazine, and I fucking see that Purple City Music Festival. What is that? I'd love it. It's uh, <laughs> it's Forty, <laughs> 40 Creek. Uh, I did want to ask, where does Purple City come from? Like, was it just by coincidence so that uh, you and this music festival are also Purple City? It's coincidence, yeah. Okay. Um, if you type, if you Google Purple City, Winnipeg comes up though. So the story of Purple City, um, the reason it's named Purple City, I know is why. Ca- I'll let you finish, but I know why. No, no, <laughs> tell me why. Is it, it does well? I'll, I'll play it like it's a, a talk show or a game show. Uh, d- does it have to do with the legislative building? Yes. Oh, oh look at that! Even my, my phone, which I need to <laughs> turn that thing off, is it, it went off as though I won a prize. Yeah, you, you won. Man. It's like a game show. Dude, this fucking that's how this podcast works. Everything's in synchronous. No, but please here. go on. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, um. So, like, I mentioned that I took, like, a podcasting course in Red River, and I had to come up with a podcast and a title, and I was like, what the fuck do I call this thing? And I went to a friend of mine's place before class. I took night classes. Uh, it was in between work and, and, and school, so I went there to, like, buy weed. Mm-hmm. And I'm hanging out and smoking weed with this guy, my buddy, one of my best friends, Brock, love you, dude. Uh, and he used to listen to a lot of rap, which I don't. And um, he started listening to this, this song, and it was called Purple City Bird Gang. Okay. And it was just like, Purple City Bird Gang, Purple <laughs> City Bird Gang. And I was like, this is fucking hilarious. Then I was like, dude, Purple City. 
That's what I'm going to call it. Purple City. Purple City Podcast. PCP. I was like, this is <laughs> perfect. And then I told the, uh, I went to work the next day and I told uh, my, my one of my best friends, Brent, who's been on the podcast, and uh, my boss, and my boss fucking turns around and he goes, oh, like the legislative. And I'm like, what? And he goes, yeah, like fucking Purple City, man. You stare into the lights and then when you look away, the whole world becomes purple. I'm like, what? And yeah. he's like, how have you never fucking heard of this? This is a thing people did in the 80s. Probably not good for your eyes. No, I brought this up too soon. I've been, I've been telling this to like everyone I work with. Like, I'm going on this podcast. It's called Purple City Podcast. <laughs> Guess why? And then when I tell them, I'm like, but it's probably bad for your eyes. I, <laughs> I, should, try, I should try this in the weld shop at work. Go stare at some plasma cutters. And but it's not the away. same if you don't do it. <laughs> Apparently, you can do it with any light. Uh, but I'd rather do it at Purple City, like at the legislature to make it official. Yeah. So I did. Plan to do it last year. I went to see Boy Golden okay. at the Burton Cummings Theater. I really want to see him. How was that show? He probably sounded really good there. Amazing. I did think that the show at... I did think when they opened for Sheepdogs and their fe- They fucking opened for Sheepdogs? That was the first time I saw her. That show. is fucking awesome. That was like... Good last, job, Boy last Golden. Last year, year and a half ago. Um, yeah, they went on tour with Sheepdogs. Cool. That they went on for tour the, with for them. I the for the out of sight, out of mind tour with the eye. Oh man, huh. Kyle, if you don't Golden listen to Boy Golden, fucking... check him out. He's cool. Oh, I think I'll have Dude, to give that a listen. So I, I saw Boy Golden Sheepdogs, amazing. I didn't know they were from Winnipeg at the time, and then well, until I saw Fontaine and Chris Ulrich, and I'm like, oh, what? And then at Folk Fest, I they ended up surprise filling in for like a canceled. Excuse me, a canceled act this year. Okay. Or last, I say, keep saying this year. Last year. I do that too. It's not. There's a weird. There's a weird February, buffer time. Okay? Yeah, I've, I've had this conversation <laughs> yeah, January. The before too. It's like every decade is not the decade. January is the, the buffer. Decade. That's right. It's not the nineties until ninety three. Like nineteen ninety one is still the eighties. Fuck. You can probably say the same of centuries and millennia. Yeah. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Um. So, anyways, no. I was at. I saw Boy Golden at Folk Fest just by chance because they had filled in and I couldn't see their whole set because I wanted. I'm very like. I was by myself at Folk Fest this year. I went alone yeah. for the first time. It was fucking cool. And um, I'm very, like, scheduleized, and I work off of, like, a pocket wash barefoot. Like, I live that fucking life. Man. Hell yeah. Um, and Hell Boy yeah. Golden did their set, and I saw half of it, but I knew I had to go see, um, what was it? Dongyang Gazupa at, Bo- at Big Blue. I really wanted to see that group, and I knew I was only going to catch half that set, too, because I was coming back for Charlie Crockett, who just announced that he's coming to Burning Cummings today. Fucking Charlie Crockett. I'll have to check him and, out, because yeah. I don't know who that is. Yeah, the greatest, like, modern country guy. You know Billy Strings? Of course I know Billy Strings. Okay, okay, uh, thanks. Dude, Charlie Crockett. What, what about uh, Coulter Wall? No. Oh man, he's got he's, Simpson. I told I told Kyle here, Coulter Wall's got a voice that you just can't have unless you smoke cigars and ranch <laughs> cattle. How about uh, Jason Isbell? Never heard of him. Oh, Coulter Wall heard the name. I've never heard yeah. of this guy. Jason Isbell, man, he's got such a sweet voice and like his songwriting, like within the country genre, like his songwriting is really deep. Like really? stuff that will like bring you close to tears. Oh, dude. You guys gotta check out Charlie Crockett. Okay. Guys. Please, please, please. Like, it's a good name. He's uh very outlaw country too. Oh, okay. And it's like sweet. Amazing. He was the highlight of Folk Fest for me, even though I only got to see half the show. But it was, so I'm skipping over Boy Golden. This is about Winnipeg. <laughs> Boy Golden, I'm at fucking their show and I'm walking away to go to Dongan Gazupa and I stopped 
dead in my fucking tracks. Like, have you guys been to Folk Fest? Yeah. So well, it, it was that main stage, and I was walking over the porta potties that are close to the main stage. I made it that far, and I was walking towards Big Blue, and I hear the opening riffs to the song Mountain Road. And I stopped dead in my tracks, and I just went silent, and I was like, what the fuck is this? It was the greatest guitar riff I've ever heard. Like, okay. out of, like, something, like, I just wasn't expecting it. And I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's because it's from Winnipeg. I don't know what it is. But something with that just resonated so hard in my soul. I stopped. And I listened to, like, the I can hear him singing from the distance. And when he, when they fucking, when he goes, sitting in the no-frills parking lot alone. <laughs> and then they rip into that riff. I like started crying, oh. and I was just like, I can't. Dude, do you ever like? Do Do you like Ween? No, I don't. You don't like Ween? I kind of like Ween. There's that Fish album or something. The Mollusk. I, I kind of like some of the songs <laughs> on that, yeah. but I don't love Ween. That's fair. You know, it's not for everyone, but in in the conversation fair, of country music, they have they have a, like an album completely dedicated to country music, and I think it's, it's great. It's great because they Is like that Quebec. No, 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 no. They they throw like country music into like a bunch of their shit. They'll just throw a song in out of nowhere. What album? Um, but the album is called Twelve Golden Country Greats, and I think there's only eleven songs on it, which is awesome. <laughs> there's a hidden track. Somewhere. But they literally have like these like Texas country legends. Like I couldn't name any of them because they're they're so probably pro- Bob Wells. Probably lo- I don't know. I wouldn't know. I don't listen to the album enough, but I think it's awesome that they like, regardless of what their fans wanted, just did a whole genre specific album. And it's like it's all class act country music, but it's I feel like it's almost like taking a nod and like making fun of other country artists and like putting a comical spin on it. It's satirical. And or... it's it's like to be able to like straddle satire and serious musicianship in such a impressive way. Is like really it, it, for me. It's made a big influence. They're a big band that's influenced me because like I go up on stage half expecting myself to make a fool of myself. It's like I don't know if you ever ever messed around with the tarot, but once there, there's like these archetypal parts of the self that like I want to express on stage. I want to be free and artistic, but mm. I also want to like Not feel like yeah, I, I want to <laughs> be the fool. You know, like I, ne- I need I need to be the fool. You... Man, my experience with Ween. For the most part, has been like I would drop acid with my friend Garrett, and uh, <laughs> you know, like mid-peak, he would like throw on like the most obscure, like really brutal Ween songs. <laughs> like I couldn't even tell you the names. Like I'm not that familiar with Ween, but there were songs where like they're always weird. One of them, like the guy is just screaming like "You fucked up, you Nazi whore." Oh, that's like that. that's you <laughs> fucked up. Yeah. So like we that's a great be song. peeking on acid and Buddy would just go over to his stereo you and like crank up. it. <laughs> you bitch! And I was you just really like having the worst up. time. <laughs> yeah. But they have some like really like really obscure music. They're cool because they started like really lo-fi like a lot of everyone's favorite artists. Like you look at Nirvana, you look at like Pearl Jam even. If you look really hard you can probably find the tapes that were sent between okay. record labels at the beginning. Soundgarden, all those bands they had like these like humble beginnings, and then a band like Ween starts in the same place as like the weird, the weirdest out of all of them, and then somewhere like a 
two-thirds of the way through their career, they're like, wait, people take us kind of seriously. What if we took ourselves a little bit more seriously? <laughs> and then it's like, you see what, like, the auteur has to offer when he, like, has uh, supervision. <laughs> yeah. Are you familiar with Beck at all? A little bit. Yeah. Not much. Uh, I, I, I've tried listening to Beck. Um, from his earlier stuff yeah. on, which was my mistake. I, it was hard for me to... Midnight Vultures. to it. Uh, but it's been it's been like eight years since I dove into okay. back, so I should probably. Yeah, he's time. got like a really rich like collection of B sides. Yeah. Yeah, like some really like cool like lo-fi garage rock sound and stuff. That's cool. Kind of been like a big influence for me too. I try to like take influence from him, but like again, I'm not a great lyricist, so when I do sure start you are. With some lyrics. You Didn't know, you write Sleet? I did write Sleet. <laughs> You're a great lyricist. We have one song that I wrote the lyrics for called Sleet. You can hear that live sometime. Sleet? Yeah. Fuck yeah, I love that. Um, we do too. I keep forgetting this question. I keep thinking of asking. Um, okay, no, no, no. That's what it was. Uh, okay, so also context. We had to do a hard pause because... The hard pause. Fire alarm went off for... The fire alarm sounded like I was getting beamed up into the, like, USS Enterprise. <laughs> Beam me up, Scotty. <laughs> Is that what you said? Yeah. yeah. Um, what, while we were chatting during that, though, I do want you to... I do want to hear the story, like again recorded about the yes we mystic oh i'd love to tell you this i honestly so cool. it's so super wild it's super surreal too and like i didn't tell you the end of it which is perfect because now i get to so like i i found out about this band yes we mystic because i saw their um their poster on like a, a telephone pole in osborne uh well before i was really into the music scene in winnipeg at all and i bought their first album and i liked it and then i you know kind of followed them online i thought this is a good band and when I heard about their uh, second album release show, I decided I was going to go see it. But I remembered when I went to the show how maybe a couple weeks before, a month before, they had booked two shows at the exact same time uh, in two different cities under the same band name. And it's like, how the fuck is that possible? It was really interesting. And I was like, what, what, is, what, what is this? You know, and I kind of just lost track. And they explained it at the concert, and basically what had happened is they Were paid... They explained it at the concert after they performed? Yeah, yeah, well, no, before. Before okay. they did the performance for the night, because at the sophomore album release, they, they played through the album. Where was the other city? You never mentioned that. I can't remember. So, like, Ma like Manitoba, like, Flatland, just, like... They're both in Manitoba, though? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. what? Yes. Are they a local band? Yeah, they're from Winnipeg. Oh shit! Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. I'm not familiar with you. Yes, we missed you. I just know the name. It's okay, and it, it's that. funny. It's funny because the name comes from like tanning. I thought like, oh, like it's right when I'm doing a bunch of acid and getting into the occult and just like fucking my brain up. And I'm like, oh, this this band sounds super fucking cool, and I realize, oh, it's they actually got it from like a, a tanning salon, like an advertisement that said, it's, yes, we missed it. It's so funny because when you started talking about that band to me. I was like, yeah, that sounds familiar. I see them advertise on I've gone bus, tanning there. Uh, bus benches all the time. <laughs> <laughs> like, wait, that's a tanning salon, isn't it? <laughs> so, going back to the the concert, like when I went to their sophomore release show, they they played through the whole album. But before they did, they explained their marketing gimmick, which was the most genius thing I've seen a local band ever do. And it's really even more genius that they decided not to be a band anymore after their third album release, which was dropped out in absolutely nowhere. Not long after their frontman uh, Adam Fair 
opened his own recording studio in the city, House of Wonders. Oh, like his th studio. they record and do a lot of really cool stuff there, and I think it's just the perfect. They got the perfect setup right now. Him and everyone he's involved with. Anyway, at that sophomore album release show, they explained how they had hired five performance actors to go to this second city and show up as the band at this other venue. And while the real band of five people was in the city playing the new material for the audience, uh, these performance artists were on stage and they had, you know, in the other city, they had uh, someone in the audience listen to the new album with headphones and describe it to the rest of the audience. And <laughs> That's so, so interesting. Those performance artists would act out what they were hearing coming from this person with the headphones. And they kind of explained that this album really show how the whole concept was false memory and how we, you know, like to remember things, how we like to remember them rather than how they happen and how they wanted to explore that, how like years from now people will remember these two shows rather than one. And like, who's the real Yes We Mystic? It's like when when they broke up and I I went and I went to into the music one day. I'm talking to the people there. I remember bringing it up and how they broke up. I'm like, well, that's if they really broke up. And the guy's like, oh yeah, they really broke up. I'm like, what <laughs> was it? The real yes, we mystic. <laughs> you know, like that's and he's like, oh, that's that's a good point. <laughs> you know, they 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 through through a genius streak of marketing created an identity. Question, like, how did the audience react to the ones that got the the, the performance art? I don't know. They didn't like, really lean into that. I saved like, the article. You, like, how do you like demand the same ticket price to then have that for a lot of people? Yeah. Because you know, a lot of people are going to be pissed. Because if I yeah, if, if I would they really art. Dude, I know a lot of people who. I, are, I think like, they're the kind of band where art. they wouldn't have had that kind of audience. I really okay, don't fair, think. I don't think fair. they'd have people there that would be upset. They'd that be. They'd be confused, and once they found out, they'd probably be like, "Oh." And I guess if they did it, in a I'm part of something. Winnipeg, <laughs> then it's more guaranteed to be fans. It's like of... Cirque du Soleil showed up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, or, I, or Alex A. I know personally, I would be a little confused if I paid to go see a band and it's exactly. someone in the audience describing to a no, I would troupe too. what they're like, hearing. So a friend of mine who's like super into rap, he, he told me about this rapper called MF Doom. Oh yeah. Who oh, yeah. would like do performances, but he wears a mask mm -hmm. and like most of the time you weren't sure if it was mf doom or not you would just send like a fucking other guy i'm, I'm surprised it's like buckethead i'm surprised that's not Wait, what did buckethead do the same thing who knows I'm, I'm surprised that's not what kiss did <laughs> you know i could see kiss doing that like you could just get anyone in the makeup and you know what since play some kiss before through. before jumbotrons here's me being a real conspiracy and i hope this is a safe space for people like me oh um it's safe Dude, how do how do you know it's fucking Sammy Hager or Eddie Van Halen on the stage when there's no jumbotron? Um, your eyes aren't that good. You just got to assume that like they're a touring band. Well, right, and as, like as a business, which bands really are. But how can you replace? Eddie I know, Van I know, it's not, a, it's not, it's not a, it's not a serious like proposition. I'm just saying, like, you can't really see who's on the stage even without a mask. If but there's no can. if there's no big screen, but you can. Can you really? Yeah, because I'm that be blind. Oh, if so you're in the nosebleeds, like, if you're at a stadium, <laughs> it's definitely a documentary documented event. Like there will be photographs, there will okay. be video eventually. There's itinerary. You get you guys have there's given me articles. more to think about here. Yeah, I 
thought I thought about it, but you know. <laughs> I don't know if you thought hard enough. <laughs> well, I mean, I put, I'm not, I like, like saying. I said, I'm not, I'm not, it's not a serious thought. It's no. just an entertaining thought. But like, I get what you're saying. The, the naked eye can't see who's really on the stage okay. 3,000 feet away. This is funny. It kind of, this kind of relates to something I brought up today. Like, how do we know what space is? Or who's really talking okay. to us at a political exactly. rally? Have you ever seen a outside fucking, of the pictures? Have you ever seen footage of astronauts Could be like coming back to Earth from space <laughs> and how shook they are? Oh, and the fact that they are legally not allowed to speak and do any interviews for or people before and after war. What's that? Or people before and after war. That's another thing. Or too. before and after living on the street. That's another thing too. Or school. Well, school. I imagine or, being or a, a nine to five job. I imagine leaving the planet and like you know a band is the result. The atmosphere at one point has got to be so traumatizing. You know, at least the way worse than birth. Like when you're coming back into the atmosphere and your shuttle's like on the verge of melting mm-hmm. until you smack the ocean. Like, but it's also that's gotta like, fuck you up, right? Fuck. Like, I don't know if I really truly believe that space is what they presented to us as is like, i'm with you like you could go like once you leave Earth i'm surprised you weren't with me on my concert theory <laughs> I, i'm with you 100 like, percent. once you leave earth at earth's atmosphere you're in like some weird fucking like simulation like fucking meltdown the people who, the people who apparently do have shaky stories about their experience you look at buzz aldrin talking to like children on the news and but he's like we never buzz went aldrin, <laughs> and, and when he leaves when he comes to earth maybe it was the come down he finally comes back to speak it doesn't even look like the same guy yeah buzz right. aldrin looks like a fucking different dude like that's the putin theory of like is he still alive putin uh buzz aldrin yes yeah oh, okay pu- there's a fucking famous video went around him punching oh, i saw that that's hilarious like, he never man. landed on the moon he's like fuck you because <laughs> I, I fucking that that was one of the videos that made me think about it. i was like yeah. the fucking pain in buzz aldrin's face when he was like you don't know what i went through yeah to fucking make you think i was on the moon maybe they but- might have but what's wild is like whether it was a misstep or not he had an interview with like a like an ed- elementary school child and while he was talking to this little black girl he says well you like she asked why haven't we gone back to the moon in so long he's like that's not a fifth grade question that's an adult question that's my question i want to know that and he and he says you know what we haven't we haven't gone back you know and it's, it's because we we we, we never went <laughs> does he say that he fucking says that on like live tv man okay I'm okay. I love the. I'm. It's I crazy. Love the conspiracy. Like, I don't I believe do anything. Think that we went to the moon, though. I do think we did. I do. You go to the moon when you see Slow Mo be alive. Think, yeah, there we, we go. We I fucking, do. We gotta put a flag up. <laughs> I <button>. think like <laughs> we do. Although, like you know, <laughs> we had directors who were making some really like groundbreaking Stanley sci-fi Kubrick? at the time. Yeah, In like Stanley Kubrick, who was the one who skewed been, reality like, for the rest of us, filming the moon right? landing. But also, like. <laughs> Our digital effects and practical effects were pretty, pretty grim back then. Mm-hmm. Another, and you know, so were the cameras. The devil's advocate in this conversation so far is, uh, you know, Russia was also in the space race, and not once did they discredit America for landing on the moon. Right? Very, okay, very true. I never thought of it from there. You that know, okay, you know yeah. what my biggest point is, and this is something that someone pointed out. This is once. great. Uh, Stanley Kubrick, right? Okay. Think about this. If you're going to be filming your first fucking moon landing in space, that is the like biggest event in human history on Earth. Of course they built a set with fake moon and fake things to set up the camera shots to figure out how they're going to film it. 
Yes, there was a set. Of course, that's. I want to. I want to talk to the astronomer who uh, fucking uh, advised the lighting on that set, because according to the people who have studied the moon landing, it doesn't make sense. You know what? To me, to me, that doesn't matter. You know what my theory is? You look at a you look at a video game and you look at the map. You get the small, like, circular one with no 3D that you see your dot on. Yeah. And then you get the map in front of you that loads as you walk into it. With the trails and stuff? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the part that hasn't loaded is beyond the circle. Huh. Everyone's got that. What's going on outside your circle? (laughs) Nobody knows. Ooh, and and that's how you find that's yeah. hey, simulation theory, man. I fully believe in simulation theory. It's the only thing that seems I mean, to make sense. The closer we get to being able to simulate our own universes, it really just makes it seem even more plausible, right? It makes the most sense. Yeah. It if, really does. If I have any hope for Slowmobile, it's that when people come to our show, they experience an alternate reality. <laughs> I think that's the the ideal outcome of any good I'm concert. I'm already experiencing an alternate reality, and that's what led me to seeing you guys. Hell yeah, being dude. a part of the alternate reality. There are you're on the path. I fully believe that there. I am on the thirteenth floor elevator. <laughs> I am viewing things. In a you're way. up to the eleventh hour. Yeah. There is some secret shit going on in this planet. And there's some secret shit going on with people, and there's secret shit going on with art, and really all that matters is love, 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 and fucking art, dude, and music. We do live in a planet of sound. Do. Hey, that's just... a great record store. I'm going to plug them because uh, I love those people. Please shout out Dave, who's a local one. the fucking greatest. Dave's the man. Dave's the fucking best. Uh, I Dave, love Dave. I love you so much. You've done so much for me in my life. Uh, thank you for what you did for me last week. Dave weekend. and Kathy, we love you. Kathy's the girl that works there. I don't, I've never actually asked her her name. Kathy, I should have asked you. We love name. you. We love you, too. You've been the face of the planet of sound when Dave's not there. You always have the Zappa records. When I think named us. after a Pixies song, and if you look at their logo, the P is actually from a Pixies no font. Dude, Dave, Dave recently, um, thanked me, because I... I grew up at Planet Sound. Like, I spent every reset. Not Same, recess, brother. I shouldn't say recess. But <laughs> spares and lunch hours yeah. in high school. Not recess. It felt like recess. That's, that's I would what... go alone and go to Planet Sound and just flip through records and hang with Dave. And um, Dave just thanked me, like, one day for my business. He was like, dude, you brought me so much. And I was buying the new Krongbin album. And he was like, just so you know, you're the reason why we sell Krongbin. I got into Krongbin so... Do you know that band? No. Krongbin. I, I've he, never heard it pronounced that way, but I think I know what you're I talking love about. Them so much. I've seen some live videos from Tiny Dust Music that were like, "Whoa, yes, fucking them. guy yeah. can play guitar guy, and it's like, Eastern music." Yeah, yeah, Dude, it's crazy. They're fucking incredible. They're the crazy only band shit. I can say I found like when their first album came out. I fell in love, bought their album, and I special ordered it at Wild Planet. And they said they listened to that album like what? Because I ordered, they're like, "What the fuck is this?" And now all of a sudden, like, you go there, they have tons of Krong. Yeah. They sell tons of it. And he's like, thank you so much for introducing us to Krong. We played all the time, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, thank you for your business. And then he goes, do you? And I was like, dude, do you have shirts? Like, I want a shirt. And he goes, man, for you, what size are you? And I said, <laughs> medium, large, whatever. He goes, I got one special shirt for you. And the Who, last, Roman? The last purple Wild Planet shirt. The nice. fellow there from uh, Wild Planet there? Oh. Roman oh, man? Wild I love Planet. that guy. Not Wild Planet, Planet of Sound. Dave. 
Dave. Yeah. No, not Roman Star. <laughs> Dude, Star. Wild Planet's a good Roman place too. Roman doesn't want to speak to me. Roman hides from me. Why? <laughs> no, we don't need to get into I it. But I love Roman. What's the matter? This fucking week, <laughs> and Roman hid from me. What? <laughs> he didn't want to meet me because fucking one of his coworkers had spilled the beans that I fucking would like go in there and not buy shit and just like start taking like posters and fucking exclaims and whatever and it says like you need to make a purchase before you take it out oh. just like run in and grab shit and run out what and to fill my walls here yeah yeah <laughs> oh shit and he doesn't like that Yo, you know I s- go sorry uh, I shared the same positive experience as you uh you know um like the experience you have with Planet of Sound for me, like I, I might went send to, this to Dave, honestly. I went, yeah. I'd love Dave yeah. to hear this. Dave we love, we love your whole deal. I was working, I was working there briefly, like the Mo, past shut month. Shut the fuck up! You work there? Just, just like a day a week for like. Lo- Dude, Dave, if you're listening, no. <laughs> no. You know I would be wasting time. No, I could never work at Planet Sound. I'd get too invested in my own shit. So that's I, what happened to me. I was like, you know what? I love this place and I love coming here on my days off. And I don't do that anymore since I started working here. And it's like, I, I want to help you guys, yeah. but I feel like I'm helping more by like yeah. selling you the records I don't want to listen to know, anymore. Exactly. <laughs> Dude, I like I traded them a bunch of brand new records I had, had just acquired. And I was like, I could have gotten $300 for them. And like, Dave, it's not about the money when I trade them the records. Dave was like, he, I'm not going to say the number he gave me. He, he was, it was the first time in my life he was like, what do you want for what you're like trying to trade here? I was like, dude, Dave, what, what I want is whatever you think is what you want. I, I want feel like I'm cutting them deals a lot of the time and it's okay with yeah. me. I don't even need to have the discussion with them because it's like, I remember one time Kathy was looking up a, a Stanley Kubrick box set that I brought in on Blu-ray and I on, in, in hindsight, I wish I kept it because of the value, not because of the value, but because I want to watch the movies on it, but because of the value, I know I won't buy it. Um, what was in that box? Like Barry Lyndon? It was everything. It was Barry Lyndon, Eyes Wide, Eyes Shut. Wide Shut, 2001, uh, The Shining, Lolita, I think uh, Full Metal Lolita, Jacket. I always forget is his movie. It had like every every one of his noteworthy movies. And um, yeah, I traded it to them. And she's like, what are you looking to get for this? Because it's like coming up at like two, three hundred bucks yeah, online. And it's like... I'm like, I don't know, like, I don't want you to give me $200, $300, like, just give me enough money that I can get a couple records I've never heard, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's cool. I like having record stores around for that yeah. reason. My local shout-out would be, probably be uh, Marshall's Music. You know, Hell yeah. I went, to, I went to John Henderson Junior High, which was, like, a couple blocks away on Henderson Highway, and would spend many lunch hours just going to... Marshall's music to pick up a guitar and noodle around and mm-hmm. the owner Mark fantastic guy you know like on Henderson I think yeah, my dad knows him I think they're friends yeah yeah from Friendly high school dude. you know every time I just like walk in there you know like he remembers me by name like That's he remembers cool. me as like the junior high kid that would you know who he is just by the way he carries himself hey I said you know who he is just by the way he carries himself oh yeah and you know what like I bought like oh that's the owner many <laughs> <laughs> a lot of my first uh, first pieces of equipment there, you know, like first like guitar amp, first electric, first fucking cheap ass guitar pedal, you know, all Marshall's music. Yeah. Yeah, I know they have some stiff competition just across the street now, but check them out. That's what that's what he said when I I bought that Yamaha. I bought um I think it's from 1996 or 7. It's like a a Yamaha Junior 
It's like a miniature version of their uh, Dreadnought that was out at the same time, I guess. And it's never gone out of production. It's been a guitar that's been constantly in production. You can find like photos of the exact same guitar, brand new. But this one, based on the wear and tear on it and like how natural it looks, it doesn't look forced or like someone just didn't give a fuck about this thing. I'm betting it's from like probably one of the first couple of years that this guitar was out. It's like a three-quarter scale, almost parlor guitar, but it's got the proportions of a regular acoustic without a cutout. Hmm. And it's got the weirdest kind of like twang to it. It's got like a mystical sound. Sounds more like a mandolin than a guitar. Did they still have that? Did they still have that seventies Rickenbacker bass in there? Anyone? I wasn't looking to basses, but they may have. They had a guitar that was uh, similar to the one I bought that was in the corner behind some other guitars that didn't look anything like it. It was like a parlor style guitar, very small, kind of just folky. And it looked beautiful. It looked like, damn, that's a guitar I'd like to have. And I asked about it, and the guy working was like, I'm not entirely sure about that. We haven't fully appraised it yet. He's like, do you want to play it? I'm like, you know what? Considering what you just told me, I would prefer if I didn't touch it at all. (laughs) (laughs) You know? But it was beautiful. They got some cool guitars, I think, either on consignment or someone's dropped them off. I went in looking for a parlor guitar, and they literally had a tree a parlor guitars without uh, like strings or like machine heads or anything. I'm like, 12 bucks, that's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. But then, you know, two feet away, they had a couple that were stringed up and ready to go. Do you remember Marshall's like back in the day when uh, they were still in their old location and they were just absolutely like loaded with guitars? They like down them, by like, Polo? Uh, in that area-ish? No, like still on Henderson. They, oh. they used to have like so many guitars, they like hung them from the ceiling. I'd never shop there. Um, okay. Wait, no, I'm thinking of Long and McQuaid's. So- Okay, possible edit. Um, possible edit. We were talking about Long and McQuaid. And um, so I was thinking about Long and McQuaid. You were talking about Marshalls. No, but I was talking about both. I went to Long and McQuaid first because I knew they had a wall of guitars and then they had a whole room full of acoustics. And I was looking for like a parlor style guitar. My focus was to get something with good action that I can actually play, but that had a natural kind of original vintage feel to it in in terms of parlor guitars and he had me try a couple of guitars he may have even given me the guitar i ended up buying but a brand new one and for the price i just couldn't justify it based on what i was looking for and then he handed me like a 700 dollars martin and i'm like "Mm, you know that's beautiful and you know it hold it i didn't even need to tune it it was already in tune it's beautiful but i can't afford that so I went to Marshall's and I ended up finding uh, a Yamaha from like the mid 90s that was, I think, I was handed the same guitar, but it was a brand new copy at Long and McQuaid. And it was uh, like 130, 160 bucks or so. And you know what? It plays like a dream. The action is incredible. I think it's been redone before they put it out there and couldn't be happier. It sounds like a mandolin. Sounds mystical. The only instrument I've ever purchased, because I don't play music, I like. I have a ton of like little instruments. I don't play them well. I fuck around. I mean, now I have musicians on the podcast, so I don't tend to fuck around with music. In the beginning, is when I first started, and I was just goofing around, and I would play music and shit. Like I have a podcast where I interview a piano. That's like no education on piano. <laughs> it's like 
<laughs> I random keys as like an answer is fucking dumb, but I'm like that you you in you interview so a drugs. piano. I'm on so many drugs and I just like. Sat it sounds like a Jim Jarmusch movie. <laughs> it is very Jim Jarmushy. Yeah. Um. No. Yeah. No. I was Wait, just you like interviewed a pianist or you interviewed a piano. A piano. I called it the Mr. Pete. Dude, oh, okay. that's Mr. fucking P? awesome. That's cool. Oh, no. Send that. Please send that to me. <laughs> Fucking look it up. It's one of my podcasts. Yeah, but Mr. Mr. Hey, Mr. B. I, I, I listened to it probably ever. I recorded it on a bunch of mushrooms, and I just like <laughs> sat down, and I was like thinking like it was funny. I was like, I'm gonna interview a piano, and then I ask it questions, and then I play like fucking. I have no musical. Realizing education. I shouldn't send this to my district manager now. Oh yeah, maybe not. Maybe don't. <laughs> probably just, not. Sh- Oh, that's Shoot. hilarious. I'll have man. to tell him we canceled again. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I can cut shit up, Dude, too. No, no, don't. Don't cut it out. <laughs> yeah, no, no. I'm okay Thanks, with it. Raw. I'm okay Thanks, guys, with it. I hate editing this podcast. Last one I did, I had to edit so much. Oh, I, think, uh, I think my employers are getting okay with me not editing stuff so much, too, which is awesome. Yeah, my employers fucking listen to my show, too. <laughs> they know what I'm like. They don't listen. They, they only listen to what I show them, but... You know, I can go to work now and I can kind of say how I feel and it's heard rather than just being like, oh, no, I'm sorry. You know? (laughs) (laughs) No, anyways, I don't play play any instruments. I just fuck around. I can't can't play guitar. You know, that's kind of how I learned how to play guitar is I just fuck around. I I can't even hold a guitar properly. I I get in shit by anyone who plays guitar. They watch me. They're trying to show me. and I I think those are the wrong people to hang out with. No, I, it's I because it. my hands are fucked up. I have like fucked up. What's hands. wrong with your hands? I tried like taking guitar lessons, and I actually had a guitar teacher tell me he's like, "I don't think you can actually play." Weird. My hands automatically go. It's extremely like this, damaging. And they oh. mute all the strings. Okay, interesting. So if I'm at like the sixth string at the top, it just I can't like go like that. You can't it just instantly them, becomes like that and oh. it mutes all the other strings. And he was just like. Unless, unless I figure out, like, a punk style playing, I'm never going to, like, learn guitar. Brother, while I understand that there are experiences I'm not subject to, and thus far cannot understand, I must implore you to continue to pursue the joy that is playing guitar. this character? Mm. <laughs> I feel like I've heard this before. Uh, you should try open tunes. <laughs> I should just try playing other instruments. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Drums or, like, anything percussion. I yeah, think. yeah. Like, um, um, keyboards, I love fucking around with. I like, I just um, got a glockenspiel today. Oh, no, shit. I got a glockenspiel. That was a little fun to fuck around with. What about, uh, what's that thing Jimmy Page played live? Not the guitar, <laughs> the, the other thing. <laughs> what else did he play? I don't know. He played it like a guitar. <laughs> what, what else was it? Fucking, the, oh, he had an antenna. No, he oh. was playing his guitar with a no, 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 it's no, 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 what about if I got a hurdy gurdy? I could play a hurdy gurdy. What's a hurdy gurdy? You know what a hurdy gurdy is? <laughs> Tell me about the hurdy gurdy. Hurdy gurdy. I gotta show you a hurdy gurdy. I can't 
Please. What's it fucking called? Do you know what a hurdy gurdy is? Uh, yeah, that's like the mouth harp, right? No, no, this no. is the thing theremin. you fucking crank. Theremin, yes. Theremin. You, you, you would be fully capable of playing a theremin. Yeah. Yeah, it's like it's like a it looks like a router, but it's got a big antenna, and you move your hand closer, far away from it, oh, and it makes oh, noise. Oh, it makes frequencies. Yeah, yes, I know exactly yeah, 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 yeah. I've looked at those; those are fucking yeah. cool. Yeah, I would actually have. A lot you of could fun rock with that. that shit, dude. Check this out. This is a hurdy gurdy. Hurdy gurdy. Oh, this is a PS Five commercial. <laughs> we don't even play video games. Why are we in a show? Though? I love I love the box TV, honestly. Uh, tube TV, dude. Yeah, I have man. a big VHS problem. Dude, you know what that this happened? This whole setup reminds me of Jackie Brown. Jackie Brown? This whole setup, I feel like I should be Pam Greer with my feet up, smoking a fucking hash pipe right now. With the bong with Robert De Niro. <laughs> yeah. What the I'm fuck, freshly bitch? Out, freshly out of prison. Tough guy, Robert yeah, De Niro. Dude, Jackie that Brown? movie is amazing. I love Jackie Brown. So good. Well, Samuel L. Jackson's like, what the fuck, man? Let the bitch chill in my place. And Robert De Niro's like, I'm fucked up. I need a hit. And he's got such a fucking foot fetish. Oh, <laughs> such a good movie. Oh, love it. Jackie Brown, baby. <laughs> I feel like Jackie Brown's only like a few degrees away from Spun. Dude, Jackie Brown is nothing like Spun. It's I know so it's good. nothing like Spun, but Spun's like Spun's so good too. But it's yeah. like a totally Wait, Spun, different heroin like, movie. You yeah, like the pacing of it? You like know? the one with like, Mickey Rourke? Yeah, yeah. John, yeah, John Leguizamo, like, and he's sending fucking Jason Schwartzman to get him porn. He goes, "I love small tits and a big ass." <laughs> I need it specifically, and he brings him a big ass and small tits. He's Dude, like, what the fuck did you bring me? Do you guys follow Mickey Rourke on Instagram? No. no. Yo. Why? So, <laughs> so funny. No, it's not funny. It's it, I shouldn't it's say. Kinda it's kind of sad. I sh- right? It's not. It's not sad either. I think it's yeah. very interesting. He lives a very interesting life. He's no longer an actor, and he took a break from acting in like the '80s to be a boxer. I'm pretty sure to focus more on boxing, and he like didn't really succeed. But he was, yeah, you know, was wh- he he, he was well enough known that like people kind of paid enough attention to keep him afloat. I guess. Then he moved back into acting, as far as I understand, and I think Darren Aronofsky gave him a, a springboard with Obviously the wrestler. With the wrestler, which and that was a fucking phenomenal ever. movie. That scene with the fucking like uh, potato salad, a little bit more, a little bit less. He's mm. like, "Bitch, tell me how much you want and leave me alone." You know. <laughs> Dude, I love that movie. It's 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 incredible. He's he's such a phenomenal actor, but you gotta like almost corner him and put him in this place where he feels vulnerable enough that like he fucking does his thing. Mm-hmm. And his Instagram is unhinged. He's like apparently training for boxing all the time, and he's got this friend named Dima or Dima, who's his like boxing instructor. And it's like all of his posts are like signed off like Mickey and Dima, like it's a couple or something. And it's funny because you look at like what Mickey Rourke re- wears, and I, I don't like to judge the guy. I'd wear some of the shit that he wears, but yeah. being him, the way he wears it is kind of funny. It's like, man, I don't know what you're selling me here. I feel like it's like Gary Busey with his Buseyisms. He's very Gary Busey. He's and in the same realm of celebrity. To live his like old life, like so, like he's trying to I, keep the flame I alive. Been a fan of Mickey Rourke just from the wrestler. I never, I actually like I was someone who watches. It's a, a beautiful ton movie. VHS. I watch a ton of old movies. I've seen. I'd love so to watch that with you. Movie, movie Dude, Lou Reed is one of my favorite actors or actors. Musician. Same difference. And actor. It's funny because he in. He also puts like Russian subtitles on his videos, apparently. Oh, Mickey Rourke? <laughs> yeah. Well, like, he seems like the kind of guy that hangs out in Russia. 
His hairpiece is wild he too. He looks fucked up though. Yeah, like he's King, wild. so like I I've been told like Mickey I love Rourke him. Was like a fucking he was like a sex idol, like a sex symbol. Yeah, back he, in the day. he was kind of a good looking guy at like, the height of his acting. Even in the um, oh, what's that movie? Uh, like that action movie with all the other like action. Stars. The Expendables. Expendables. The Expendables. Like yeah. he wasn't that bad looking in those. Sure, but like, but like what I the watched an going old on Mickey Rourke movie. Finally, someone was like. You need to like I've never seen old Mickey Rourke movies. I just don't know what it was. And they were like, you need to see the Pope of Greenwich Village because I work for Italians, right? Mm-hmm. And um, that was the most like Italian fucking movie, like New York <laughs> Italian. Like they they a lot of it's about espresso, and we serve espresso. My work so this guy was beating my brain. He's like, you need to see the Pope of Greenwich Village. He's like, Mickey Rourke is the fucking man. He's like, and you just find nine and a half weeks. Which I'd never heard of, but he's like kind of explained to me. He's like, it was like the hottest movie at the time. <laughs> that night, I go to Value Village next to each other. I swear to fucking God. Pope Grinch Village in nine and a half weeks next there to each other go. on VHS. So you, meant to be. Are you watching movies be. primarily on VCR? I don't watch a lot of TV or movies. So yes. Where do you but you know it? what? Having the small TV, that makes sense. It only makes sense because like you can't. You're sitting on the, you're only on watching that. it if you're sitting it on the couch. Yeah, yeah if you can't. If you watch them on HDTV, it's like it awful quality yeah. and it's like half the screen. You put on this, it's real shit. Yeah. It's fucking. Where do you even find a VCR these days? Uh, this one I um I just got from my Baba. Like my oh, okay. Baba. Family Ooh. Value Village. Yeah, Value Village. I check Value Village every time I go. Salvation like, Army. That marketplace, dude. Okay. Trouble is getting one that works. Yeah. And it's been weird in the last year, I swear to God, the last year, people have been like buying VHS and VCRs all of a sudden, and now that people are charging 50 bucks, well, they're always free. Yeah, and now like, people want money you for know, It's shit. like vinyl, it's the same thing where like, exactly. it, it's not a bad format if you've kept it in good shape, and, and it's and like, it actually thing, takes effort to do that. The thing is, is, this is a dying format, and there's a lot of tapes that I get that have never been transferred digitally. Whoa. So that's a huge reason why I got into it, was like, I'd find like, the color grade's totally different than what you get on a modern DVD or Blu-ray or 4K and release. the feeling, the analog, everything. I just love analog. Like, I'm a big, obviously, analog fan. Yeah. Um, but no, it was huge. Like, finding some of this shit, like, on the... Probably like cameras, too. I don't know how to use cameras. I would... I honestly... You would. Think I would be an amazing photographer. You would like cameras. Now I how to use them. Um, I've never bought one. And I don't know, like shutter speed. Analog like though, it's in the same vein. It's like mechanical. It's it's I it's love physical. Like film photography, like that's yeah. Nothing more speaks to me. Like thunder. I've got yeah, a couple Polaroids I really want to shoot. Guys, thunder. thunder, thunder, thunder took thunder took great photos of, of us. Oh, thank you. Yeah, thunder's great. Whose dude. apartment was that? My that apartment. Was, that was over there on uh wherever. Edison. Yes. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome, dude. No, Edison on Edison. Man, I love thunder. I really like. Really connected with that guy. I really can't wait to see the photos from the Goodwill show that he took. Yeah, yeah. I feel like he's really like he's probably pushing the colors and finding like the optimal version of those photos mm-hmm. to send us. After seeing the pictures that he took of us in in the parkade and the stairwell and stuff, I feel like he's probably not just holding out. He's probably like, ah, oh, I can't uh, send these yet. You know, he actually told me that uh, he was having some problems uploading and he would just give them to us on a thumb drive. Mm. Ah, well, <laughs> Either way, he dude. still meant the best. Yeah, Thunder yeah. is 
insanely talented for like the age that he is and yeah. the, like the work he's got an eye he started taking pictures of us in the in the elevator and we didn't even bring that up he's like just click 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 yeah. and i'm like nope. motherfucker you you're oh, on wait. it like this wait, is we good just hanging with thunder and then it happened or no we did plan on doing a photo shoot mm, okay. you know like we we paid him and everything and yeah, like, it was just really cool to see the product we got for, like, not really having to leave home, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, for, like, Nathan, at least. We all had to go to his place. No, but, but... they all look cool, because, like, yeah. you're in, like, the underground parking lot. Yeah. I, like, yeah, I sick. scouted the apartment uh, a month or so before and, like, took some pictures of angles and ideas and stuff that I had. And then... Oh, shit, you prepared. And then... That's cool, man. Well, I figured, like, my idea was to get everyone... When it was still, like, wintertime, but, like, minus two. Mm-hmm. My idea was to get everyone to go to like the um, the monkey Black trails, bridge. Yeah. The, yeah. the the bridge, the Black Bridge, yeah, yeah. like get us standing around that concrete structure, kind of like the, the who, the who on yeah, who are you, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, cool. yeah, yeah, yeah. that that thing you showed me with that date on it. Yeah, that random like concrete tunnel that's just like half buried in that bank. It's like you can see, like you could crawl under there and get shelter, but it's like, could you get out? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's a lot of cool stuff there, and I thought like it would be great if we could go outside and take pictures around that. But by the time everyone was ready to do it, everyone was kind of like, ah, it's cold. Let's do it inside. Yeah. So I'm glad I did that kind of recon and found those locations because once we put thunder in those locations he kind of just took pictures and did what he does how do you guys know thunder uh the first show yeah the first show we ever put on uh we just found american heroin online and like asked if they'd play with us Mm -hmm. i love that i love how that worked out yeah he plays a cool guitar that like old like supra i want it i fucking i thought you said it was up for sale uh I think he changed his mind about that. I'm glad. I hope yeah. he kept that. Yeah. He deserves it. I, think he still has I hope it. he kept that guitar. The sweet guitar. Have you guys listened to his like solo album? Uh, I listened to like Not one yet. track. Dude. Yeah. I made that fucking sure that that album was like an event album for me. There, there was something about it when I first skimmed through the couple tracks in the beginning. Like, there's something about this album where I gotta sit down. So you'd like, recommend the same? In the perfect like mindset. I came home at like three in the morning one night. Just fucking smoked a good amount of weed, sat down, and like... We should do that. Shut, we should smoke weed. <laughs> and I, I've i been thinking about that for 45 minutes, guys. Dude, I you I'm, I'm in. I know he's not. And um, I'm thinking, like, dude, i got to sit down and listen to McVeigh. And I fucking told Thunder. I was like, dude, I, I'm planning on this, but, like, give me a while. I want to like give it like my ultimate like I want to experience it in the greatest experience possible. We we kind of got like a pre-screening for it like on uh, New Year's. It was okay, like he played his, some of it. It was dropping like that morning. That's and, awesome. Yeah, he played some of it for us, dude. If you had to pick like a like five or even one May Moon album that you oh. like, it's a vibe album. You go to it when you're feeling a certain way. What's that? Paranoid Cocoon, Cotton Jones. The one I own one of 500 copies of. Ooh. Okay. That uh, is that. Send or, it. Or Krongbin, uh, Universe, Smiles Upon You. Yeah. What about you, Ko? No, I'm going to send you Cotton Jones, Paranoid Cocoon. That is an album. It's very psychedelic, folk, rock, like, alternative. But it, like, as it goes along, every song is more and more and more, like, deeper. And then, like, you just, I just start to cry. 
I need that. Lately for me, it's been um, my album that I listen to when I'm in the fields is uh, Everything I Long For by Hayden Desser. I've never heard of that one. Hayden Desser. Yeah, he just goes by Hayden, but he's like this uh, Toronto-based kind of like Canadian 90s like grunge musician. His he's stuff, really cool. Yeah, his stuff is like a lot more like full Kyle kind of turned like me on to pop him. now, but like it's like Jason, Jason Isbell if he was grunge. Yeah, and Canadian. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, that album, everything I long for. Oh man, powerful stuff. And while there's a number of albums I could choose to present to you as vibe albums, I'll give you two just because I can't decide. Mark Mark Lanigan, Bubblegum, or or uh, Chris Cornell's album uh, Euphoria Morning. Yes, 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 yes. You, Kate, your vocals are very Chris Cornelly. And I've when been told him. Mark Lanigan as well. I don't know Mark Lanigan, so let me write that down. Too. He sings like he sings like he's been run over and he's still drinking his coffee black and having a cigarette before he pulls himself out of the Good dirt. Way to put it. I think Tom Waits once was like told his sound his voice sounds like a piece of leather that's like been soaked in whiskey, smoked in in tobacco, and run over twice by a pickup truck. And he's like, "You won't get anywhere with me with flattery." No, he's still <laughs> like, he still has to be baked in an oven before even Tom Waits. Yeah, exactly. I love Tom Waits. Like you and go, then you go look at he's great. Too. Yeah, you look at Tom Waits albums and like you look at the the personnel and it's like drawer closing <laughs> i think he i think he did an album with keith richards at one point oh yeah have you read keith richards book life no but every time i go to the i think it's what was that flea market we went to kyle uh thirsties thirsties yeah. every time i go there the last time i went there with kyle i saw one copy for like seven bucks and then i went with eden recently Bye. And I saw that copy, the exact same copy, hadn't moved. It was seven dollars still. Do get it. And then I saw another copy in the same booth across from me that and I hadn't you didn't noticed before. Buy it this hold next on, time? hold on. And then I saw two more copies oh on the booth mother. right beside the world this one. I'm trying to show you this book. I know. <laughs> Fucking I'm, buy it, dude. I'm gonna read it. If I had it, I would give it to you. Right Let's now. go to Thirsty's next week. All right, God damn it. Let's get you. <laughs> like if I had that fucking book, I'd give it to you. Oh man. I gotta read it. Keith has got to be probably my biggest inspiration if I had to boil it down. Shut the fuck up, and you haven't read his book, dude. Keith's book. One of the greatest books. I can only imagine. I love a lot of guitar players. Like for me, I was blown away when I uh, was turned on to by chance. I think uh, Gang of Four. Yes, love Gang of Four. Dude, Andy Gill from Gang of Four. His rhythm style is like, dude, the way he like like scuttlebutts across the stage. Like I don't know how to describe it. He like just scoots. And moves in this weird way. He he like he like slides back and forth while playing in a way that seems it's it's like in the in the vein of Steven Tyler. It's in the vein of like all the dudes who moved in Scott Whalen, guys who moved in different ways. Like the like the guy who played organ in the Mummy, bro. 
It's crazy. You know, like, the mummies, that like punk band that dressed yeah. up like mummies. Yeah. And he had his organ and he would just fucking <laughs> run across the stage and flip it up inside and well, down. You know what I was thinking? They're one of the craziest bands Nash ever. the Slash. You, you know that, that Beck video you sent me where they're all kind of like doing the robots together as they're playing uh, that track? When did I send you that in what track? What well, that's it? that. <laughs> uh, what track was it? I don't remember. Was it, was it Where Is That? Yeah, maybe. Because that sounds like something people would do the robot too. Like, everybody in the band <laughs> was doing the robot like together, and like I feel like we gotta try doing something like that on stage. Like yeah. at least get like a slide going, you know. I feel like one get thing that choreography going. Yeah, yeah. One, one yeah. thing that we figured out as a band. You just gotta like pretend you're getting in a car. There we real go. Slow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mime it. It's our namesake. Yeah, exactly. Like do like a box car. Did you know David Bowie was a mime before he was a musician? Dude, no. That's hilarious. He was, how, he, the, why, how did I not know that? He was a, he was I'm in a, a giant Bowie fan. He was in a mime troupe under the uh, study of a man named Lindsey Kemp. Uh, and he, this it's why when you see like early David Bowie performances, you see him on stage, like with a really wide leg stance like this. And he's like got a, a, a mask, <laughs> a, ma a mask on a stick. Something paused. We missed shit. There was a David Bowie I stance. The phone. And we're back. And we're back. Um, I'm just trying to like make that so that was more accessible. <laughs> guys i didn't prepare i didn't untangle the cords we're we're literally recording off of like tangled ass fucking microphones here. The, but it works the it beauty works. Yeah. It works. the beauty is that that you know in truth there's no way you can truly prepare for slowmobile <laughs> no you guys came in you guys even came like super early i was super unprepared i loved it i was unprepared for you guys my the whole life and then we made you the most comfortable you've probably been in months it's true i, I, don't, know if I, said, I don't know if i said that on air or not but i was more comfortable having slowmobile walk into my door than fucking any other band because yeah, man. i don't know i've just been doing this enough now and like oh hey guys sorry let me like clear the listening way. and like i don't know it's just i don't really have to be nervous anymore i realize people I mean, are coming here to like be on my show it's yeah. not it's not me trying this to make something. This is your something. show. Yeah, like, I, I can see why it would be weird having, like, strangers, for the most part, come to your house every week. But, you know, they're here for you. Right? Exactly. And, like, the thing is, is the environment that you get. Mm -hmm. That's what makes me the most comfortable. Is oh. that I know I don't really have to, like, entertain you that much. My my home entertains you. So you know what would be super cool? Uh, have you ever looked into, like, the, the broadcasting laws about, like, playing uh, music live? Because it's really weird. I remember when I first started using YouTube, I used to try and, like, play the wall live on YouTube. And I'd get, like, fucking, uh... Like, on videos you were making? Yeah, I'd, like, oh, make okay. videos, and I'd be like, yo, so this is the wall, this is this track, this is the blah, blah, blah. I'm trying to be a DJ and, like, have, oh. have a good time. And I'm like, oh, shit, like, they're not going to let me do that. Weird, because I think that would fall under fair use, no? If you file for it that way. Yeah, you got you gotta file, you gotta, you gotta, like, you gotta write it into right. your whole deal. But I, I, I'm realizing, like, that would be a good kind of, like, quarter to have on this show. Just as whatever input you can take from me. It's like, you got a, a wellspring of music then. I'd love to, like, hear, just as a vinyl enthusiast myself, I'd love to hear, like, other musical artists coming on, like, picking one record or one song from your collection and playing it at the end or something like oh, that. Oh, really? Something like that would be really interesting as for like, someone like me. Oh, interesting. That's cool. I never thought of something like that. So, like, as, like, a way to close out... 
or even okay. open or in the middle of it when you need an intermission. It's like when, when it's time for a bong rip or I try to you know, like, like play other people's shot. music if they're willing. <laughs> um, okay. But I also like my whole thing is like, dude, you can't be playing the music that I play on these podcasts. Why not? <laughs> I it's no fucking good reason. like. No one listen like like people outside Winnipeg aren't really listening to this shit, so I'm not, I don't really feel at risk of like having lawsuits happen or like cease and desist orders, which is awesome. But like you 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 really can't do that. And like when I finally got onto Apple Podcasts, like like the whole like things that you read like rules and regulations was so intense, bro. Like, oh, I if I fucking is. do this, like I could go to jail. And I was mm. like. You oh, could. you really could if you're not like prepared to retaliate to the. I just said fuck it, let's go, let's do it. Like, is 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 fucking Joy Division gonna come after me? Hell no! Like, they're not gonna fucking hear this shit and come after me. Like, Speaking I really of which, and if huge they did, Joy they'd Division, love Joy Division guys. Well, as, as do I. Control of such a tight movie. I tried, dude. The black and white yeah. version of Control. You like? That's how I, I know Joy that. Division was because Anton of the Corbin. Movie. That movie was. The director of that movie no, no. was a photographer for the band, as well as Nirvana, New Order, and I did not R.E.M., know that. Anton Damn. Corbin. We even had, what? Uh, My we... friend, if you look up right now Anton Corbin, you'll find probably more photos of his than you'll find music videos or movies. They Wait, even had smoke. Uh, bubbler or bong? Bubbler, if you don't yeah, mind. Yeah, let's do bubbler. They even had Ian Curtis' more control on the pole as a like artistic director. On the film no too, fucking or way. consultant. Yeah, it's a great movie. I wish I didn't so get rid of the like DVD. Pretty, that was a great true. movie, but I don't know if I want to watch it. I bought it from Planet. <laughs> <Planet. laughs> like that was like a sad, hard watch. Just a hard I've, watch, yeah. guys. I remember finding it at Planet of the Sound on DVD with a slipcover. I watched it on Netflix years and years and years ago. It's fantastic. The only thing that bugged me about that movie was the fact that they didn't get Sam Riley to wear fucking blue or green contact lenses. Okay. Whatever works for black and white, I don't know. But that guy had brown as fuck eyes, and Ian <laughs> Curtis had like well, light colored eyes. He did look a lot he, like. He uh, played the role perfectly, yeah. but the entire time watching him, like he's got bright eyes. Here's my <laughs> whole thing with Ian Curtis. Imagine watching a show where the singer just goes into epileptic seizure. At the you end. wouldn't know as an audience. That's though. Fucking insane! That's for all you, insane. Where they gotta, like drag them For all off. you know, I'm having a medical experience while I'm performing. <laughs> yeah. For all I know, so do I. <laughs> well, like, I, you know what? I wouldn't. I wouldn't say anything because, for, for all I know, I know people who perform and then projectile vomit directly after. It's crazy. Yeah. Even those nervous responses—they yes. might be a sign of some deeper illness we're a, not aware of. There's a, a metal band that used to catch a lot of their shows when they were active. Uh, Dreadnought, the local band. There you go, dude. Um, I used to shotgun on the side. I started seeing them a lot, um, like in junior high and high light. school. Let's fucking smoke it inside. I don't really give a shit. And their singer would like, you know, halfway through the set would just projectile vomit on the stage. <laughs> You're not talking about like, that's fucking crazy. Yeah. You know who did? Any, you know who did the worst about that? Gigi Allen. Oh, because you know Gigi Allen, because he would shit on fucking the shit on his yeah, crowd. Are you guys at all a fan of Iggy Pop? Love Iggy. Iggy Pop is Dude, one of my Iggy favorites. Pop. Dude, I got an original pressing of um, Funhouse from Planet of Sound. No way. And it sounds fucking incredible. There's one skip in it. There's a, a beat or so that skips in like the first or second song. Mm-hmm. But apart from that, it plays perfectly. And it's like, 
it's I probably pay like 60 bucks or so for it and it's like definitely a hundred dollar record like it's great I love that album uh down in the street like fuck Iggy Pop is a huge influence for me probably don't I just need checked my, my Stooges records real quick I have Funhouse too I, was, I don't have raw power. That's the one I don't. I have. don't have raw that's power. That's the David either. Bowie produced one. I need raw power. I need raw power as well. Is that? Do you know if that's uh, Ron Ashton playing guitar or? Yeah, he's in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The other fella, because they had another fella. No, it's the original three. Okay. I'm pretty sure. Their first album's pretty sick too. I, I just they listened the, to it literally three days ago. You know what? There's a weird there's a weird uh, difference between. Their... Oh, you have not been speaking to a microphone. Sorry <laughs> if anyone's like hearing this. <laughs> I'm I'm in a distance. <laughs> <laughs> People listening to those are just smoke weed in my fucking house. We I don't care right now. Just sit down and smoke I weed. I will. I need to finish what I'm saying about Iggy Pop. <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> Go about Iggy Pop. Iggy Pop. Nailed it with uh, the first Stooges album, 1969, and then the songs that lead into the second side. That is a blueprint for fucking uh, Remain in Light by Talking Heads. That's all I'm going to say. Absolutely, dude. Remain in Light being... All I'm going to say. Both those albums being influential albums in my life. But the second side, the second side intro to Remain in Light is very much in the same van as fucking the second side of the the first Stooges. The first song of Remain in Light was one of the greatest, like, visual moments of my life, was hearing... I was at this girl's cabin at, uh, at Winnipeg Beach... And it was this dude was dancing to the first song off of Remain in Light. Like we're and I t- had taken mu- like a ton of mushrooms <laughs> and I hadn't done mushrooms in a long time. And I was sitting there on the edge of the lake watching this guy dance with the lights to fucking the what's the first song of Remain in Light? It's amazing. It's like, hold on! The beat uh, the, the government beak- takes my hand! <laughs> The beat goes on. The government hand! Oh, the bo- government bo- hand! It's born under punches. Born under punches! Born under punches! My government hand! Oh, and my government hand! Yeah, I was just like, <laughs> what the fuck is happening right now? This is the greatest fucking day the of my goes life. On. I'm doing much. The beat goes, goes on. The beat goes on. The beat goes on. I feel like goes I took a hit off that too. <laughs> Dude, you just on. gotta start listening to the talking goes heads. <laughs> and the beat goes on. Adrian. I love the like the stage presence for the Talking Heads. Have you, have you have, watched Stop Making Sense? I don't. Maybe, dude. The greatest fucking film concert ever filmed it's, is Stop Making Sense. It's better than Dazed and Confused. It's better than a lot of the Rolling Stones. It's better stuff. than it's anything. Really good. The choreography of it and like the way they do it with him, with fucking David Byrne starting with just acoustic, mm-hmm. and he sets up like he's got like a little like tape player and he mm. sets up like a little like. Well, like, the, the action director Jonathan, Jonathan Demi, Demi directed Amazing. a concert film called Stop Making Sense, and it's mm-hmm. like it's crazy because only until now, not until this year, did they release the the full actual vinyl release of the concert. Up until this point, only like forty five minutes or so of the concert has been available on vinyl, and it's I haven't got a chance to listen to the whole thing yet, but I've seen the movie, so I've heard the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And it's the best concert film that's ever been made. I Dude. mean, like, the the fucking song remains the same is great. The wall is great. There's so many great concert films, mm-hmm. but if, if you I had to pick out of all of them, if you had to pick out of all of them, fucking Stop Making Sense is definitely the best. Yes, uh, in my mind. I think so, too. 
In what my about mind. what about Phantom of the Park? Come on. This is Frank's up. Phantom of the no, Park. No, this is Kiss, and it's not actually a concert no. movie. I'm just making a joke. It's here. the simplicity okay. of stop making <laughs> like sense it. that really takes me away. Like, like his movement with the lamp, and then one song. Like I saw Jack White do the same thing. On in like, yeah, 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 with, yeah. With the dancing with the lamp. Like I've done that here. In uh, this must be the place. He yes, does that I've, with the lamp, and I've then in Jack White's tour, I get my lamp and I fucking like slow dance with my own lamp. To Hell yeah, dude! It's fucking amazing. <laughs> I love Talking Heads. Like, we gotta so like much. incorporate that into a music video. You guys got to do some we laugh got, We got to yeah, play a little bit more with the uh, regular shading. <laughs> That's the best way to audibly record this idea. <laughs> <laughs> no, you guys are fucking... You guys are going to be something very interesting, I think. No, but that's, that's true. It's true. Thanks, we, we wouldn't remember things if we didn't take the effort to say things like this. <laughs> exactly. If you don't take the effort to do what you're thinking or what you're saying, it will never happen. Nothing yeah, would ever happen. You gotta put that shit out to the world. Otherwise, you're gonna sit alone and Problem think is, about things. Problem is, most people are doing things and saying things, but they're doing things and saying things that other people have told them to do. Exactly. Yeah, kind of blazing our own trails, right? Then there's a couple of people that are here and there, and they're bobbing around. They're like, <laughs> Dude, oh, we're all here because we're, we're, we're not all, all there. We're, we're all, right. all we're all out That's there in, in existence, like well. It's all about what we make of the wop. And then you guys got a drummer who does the doo wop. Yeah. So we make do of the wop. We do make do of the wop. Eden really turns a lot of our grooves What's into your name? driving forces. Eden. Eden, Eden McIver. He's fucking cool. Yeah, yeah, dude, he's great. I gotta love uh, your, like, Mention of him on the Mango Mango Fest Fest episode. You're you're about to say what I was just going to say. Yeah. We're like, you're like, yeah, I'm like listening to uh, Sunday Club and dude's like throwing up devil horns at me. (laughs) (laughs) And he kept slapping me on the shoulder. He was like, bro, fucking the devil horns I'm like this is not the band you do devil horns at I fucking feel the energy dude but I fucking I'm not the energy don't give me the energy when I'm not the energy I can't give it back and now I feel bad and now it makes things look worse oh man I I liken it to um, I, I kind of chalk it up to like almost kind of becoming like uh one of the audience members from like Guitar Hero or Rock Band. Yeah, I was worried about that shit. They're just like jamming out. Sorry. You know, that, that, that's Eden at a live show. Fuck you know? yeah. No, that guy's got it's a cast. great. I don't know. It was all you anyway, dude. I'm sorry. We're I'm splitting. just. I'm just being a high motherfucker. No, you're good. I'm you're good. You. That was perfect. You smoke all of it. I smoke all of it. I'm telling you what's going on. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I just love how you're like, oh. And then it turns out he's a musician. He's the drummer for Slow Mobile. <laughs> <laughs> he was the big reason why I was like, oh, these guys are fucked up. He approached me, he was all fucked up. He did the he- the devil horns. And then I realized as he got on stage, oh, he's a drummer for Slow Mobile. <laughs> Fuck, I had a lot of... Wow. Me too, though. I, I, fucking... I, wasn't, I wasn't okay. Yeah. Guys, I fucking bleed all, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was beyond... Um, like carekeeping. <laughs> thank you guys for coming on. This is awesome. Oh, thank you for having us, dude. It's like this is kind of like a first for us. We haven't really been like featured 
anywhere yet. So, you know. <laughs> it's probably the deepest dive you'll probably ever find for those who search. And this is what look I, for this, this video, guys. This is what I'm working for. This like, is what you're after. This is what I'm trying to do here. People fucking, they just want to come on. They want to talk and like. People fucking listen, and uh, yeah. I'm willing to just party with everybody. Like I'm not doing. What, I love Witch Police Radio. I love what he does. Oh, yeah, yeah. I was on there once. Were you really? Yeah. That's fucking cool, dude. Yeah, for uh, uh, the music <coughs> that Kyle and I played as uh, Tribe of Ghosts. That's fucking awesome. I was on there as um, what was it? I you think on Black. I went on which police radio is Dalton Black. How long ago was that? Probably like two, oh. year, two and a half years, maybe. God, really? Was Dude. it not longer than that? <clears throat> maybe longer. It had to have been a lot longer ago, no? Yeah, which police know. is awesome, but what I'm doing, I feel like, is like what he can't do. Like, which police does professional fucking pro- podcasts? He asks you professional questions. He's someone who's very knowledgeable about people and the scene. He's. A very smart man. This is no knock to fucking Witch Police Radio. What you're doing is, like, fucking organic, This is different, Like, how many podcasts are there where you go on and you get fucking drunk and stoned with the interviewer? Everyone who's not sober. Yeah. (laughs) If people are sober, I don't do shit. But everyone else, I'm like, let's do shit and let's just talk about stuff. I'd like to be sober, but it's not realistic. No, no, no. And I like the... That's that's what I can say about sobriety (laughs) and being an addict and stuff, like... If I'm speaking for myself, I'd like to be sober, but it's not realistic. And I will also say right now, just so if anyone's listening, if you come on the podcast and you're sober, I'm drunk already. (laughs) Yeah, there we go. I've already had five (laughs) glasses of wine just so I prepare. And then I'm not going to drink it around you out of respect. So post-war, if you're listening to this, post-war when you come on, I will not be drinking, but I will already have. Post-war, next guest. Post-war is maybe the next guest? Or is this like oh, yeah. a saying? That no, no, he's coming on. Know. He's coming on soon. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Post-war, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Tell us about, uh, tell, tell me about post-war. Post-war is like um, a dude that I went to school with. Okay. Um, who ended up like, okay, post-war is very interesting. He's a guy that I knew as like being like, so you guys might understand this. He's the kind of like guy that was like, geeky in a way that like he like did jimmy stewart accents okay in junior high interesting <laughs> like he was dropping fucking jimmy stewart accents That's bro great. and i was like and i'm the only other kid in junior high that knew who jimmy stewart was because i was like a huge film buff and i'm like this fucking guy's dropping jimmy stewart accents like who are you oh, and he man. was like the biggest beatles fan and then now <clears throat> now you look at him this fucking guy is fully tatted up, and he's a rapper. Whoa, okay. This fucking guy opened up for one of the guys from 3-6 Mafia. He opened up for Insane Clown Posse. No like, shit. He's opening up for all these, like, crazy artists. And I'm like, how the fuck have you... Post-War is big, dude. He's made a ton of shit. He's on tour right now in Toronto with Reyes. Um, I don't listen to rap. What's up? Yeah, mine? I think that's, that's your dude. Yeah, no yeah, yeah. way! How'd it get over there? <laughs> it got too far away. That's crazy. Um, I saw. I didn't listen to the episode, but I saw that you also had a uh, stiff wiggle on. Stiff wiggle, yes. Yeah, I yeah. love stiff. Yeah, stiffy. I haven't seen him perform though. That's I the saw one thing him, I need to do. Uh, yeah, I saw him at the show with the benefits. Okay, they did a show together. Um, 
Anyways, Stiff Wiggles. Amazing, guys. Do you have one of his business cards? Because that's how I was introduced to Stiff Wiggle. Of course <laughs> I have. It's the first business card in my stack of business cards when you walk in. Hold the mic. Oh, God. Oh, you're, you're going to like this, Nathan. Nathan, it's for you. Here, look at that. <laughs> you see how fast that was? I'm telling you, I'm not lying. That was stiff first wiggle. on the stack. On. First on the stack. There's a Stiff Wiggle card what about for no, uh, no, I've seen the business card already. Stiff Wiggle is one of the greatest human beings I've ever met. I love this man so much. <laughs> um, but you gotta check out the Hanky uh, yeah, legend you, on the back. You gotta check it out, dude. dude. Check out the Hanky legend. The yeah. Hanky legend is fascinating. <laughs> I love this so much. And when he Can performed like with the benefits, sober? he had a Hanky in his back pocket. Oh, really? Pocket. Yes. He okay. Did. I just want to look at it when I was sober. Is that your only copy of the card? That's my only copy of the card. Oh, okay. Sorry, you, you gotta leave I gotta, it. I gotta keep that. So unless Stiff gives me another one, but stiff, I'm sure I can get another one from Stiff. Stiff Wiggle, cocksucker extraordinaire. Just take a picture. <laughs> <laughs> no, Put me over beautiful. Left <laughs> pocket. Give head, anal top. There's a whole lot of stuff. Okay, so here's here. the here's the legend here, Nathan. So here in the back, right? There's the here's sorry. The I'm just trying to provide the vocals that go along with what I'm hearing. Okay. <laughs> No, the vocals are Stiff Wiggle going, This machine's gonna... Uh, flip me over, beautiful. <laughs> so you so got, you this got is two, some kind of got... like handkerchief coat? It's a handkerchief coat. He explained it to me the best. He said like back in like the day, like in the 70s in New York, when like you were gay or queer, it was very hard to like find other queer people, right? Because right. of like the stigma in society. Yeah. Here's Especially you, in New York, Yeah, dude. so here's what you do. This is like a secret code that they all figured out. It's called the, the handkerchief code. So there are three columns. There's your left pocket, your hanky, and your right pocket. Your left pocket being your left pocket, your right pocket being your right pocket, the, the hanky being the color of the hanky. So this is a legend here, and each one is like, if your hanky is in your left pocket and it's this color, it means this. If your hanky is in your right pocket, it means this color, it's this. So, for instance, give me a pocket, give me a color, and I'll tell you what you want. Last, red, 17,000. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? Just just the pocket and color, right? Okay, so left, and red, red, means... Let's see here, so let's go down to red. On the left means you want to be fist-fucked. No, 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 sorry, you're a fist fucker. Ah. Means you want to fuck someone in the fist. If you had in the right, you're a fist fuck. You want to be fisted in the ass. So, so that means, like, so you would wear that hanky in that, like, back pocket around New York, and then people would see it, and okay. they would know what you wanted or what you wanted to do. <laughs> and that's how people would connect. It's, it's honestly fucking cool as shit. That is. That's so cool. I didn't know it went that deep. No, so like right away, I like off my fucking head. I'm like, uh, right, purple, right, and it was like, uh, hanky. Okay, actually, I forget. Purple. Oh yeah, I just I was I'm a gay queer bottom, which means I just want to get (laughs) fucked in the ass. So if I held a purple handkerchief in my back right pocket, means like I want to be fucked in the ass. So then someone who wants to fuck me in the ass would come after me. If I had it in the left pocket. That means that, um, where am I again? That means I'm, uh, 
that say? Ender queer top. I don't really know mm-hmm. what that means, but I okay. assume that means that I'm the top. <laughs> it's funny because like it went from that gay, so. to like in the nineties they like switched it up and it was colored wristbands, wasn't it? I don't know. Or like, wasn't that like a rave culture thing where it was like? Oh, the it was colored, definitely rave culture. Yeah, but I, don't, I, don't, I don't. I don't know how it worked. I was not. Uh, yeah, not in that. I mean, I'm not. I'm 29. So what do I know about rave culture in the 90s? Guys, it's unplugged. Oh. A long time ago. Oh. <laughs> Holy fuck, guys. Well, it looks like it's been picking up audio, but who knows how this good is that is? Really weird. <laughs> oh man, this is a, the insane. technical difficulties tonight, eh? Uh, my fault. Oh, dude, no, no sweat. It seems to be working out though. It's been a fun podcast. We've hit two hours. <laughs> we Damn. should probably wrap her up soon. Wrap her up soon, yeah. We started not talking about music too much anyway. <laughs> um, guys, I mean it's recording this whole thing anyway, and I'm putting it through different. Yeah. Do through different things that increase the audio. So, I I don't know if this is like a like a. Podcasting. I don't know if this is like a faux pas. Singing though, hang on. I don't know if this is like a faux pas to discuss during a podcast. I'm sure you edit anyways, but like you go through and you edit everything. Like no, no, all right. So only if people whole, want like two hours. Only if people want things edited, will I listen to it and edit it? Okay. But normally, I just I don't. Gotcha. I don't like listening to me because I'm like I hate my voice and I feel <laughs> like I'm talking too much. I did great on this podcast. You guys talked more than me. Sometimes oh, this I talk a, too much. This has been a great experience. We're I hope we talking. did. Yeah, I hope we didn't talk too. No, much You guys are ourselves. fucking great at talking to you guys. Sometimes I have guests who aren't good at talking. We get we get into ourselves and then we come out at the wrong moments. Yeah. <laughs> boys, we drank a whole <laughs> box of wine. No shit, whole that podcast. wasn't cracked open already. No, I cracked open for this. Oh wow, we drank a whole box of wine. Damn. That's real impressive. This is perfect. Uh, quality. I feel like I'm part of. Uh, I just wish the other dudes were here. You know. Yeah, like, but, uh, we it would have been, been a whole okay. mess with boys. Us, so. Whatever. This podcast is gonna have terrible audio. Probably <laughs> we'll fix it up. <laughs> the worst podcast ever. Worst fucking band ever. Best band ever. Worst podcast ever. But also the best podcast ever. This so. podcast episode is going to be a lot like the uh, slow mobile live experience. <laughs> but you know whose fault it is? It's Jonah's fault. It's my fucking fault. I had short cords. I had mics fucking not plugged in properly. I was super... I haven't been home for four days. I've been unfucking prepared. But things worked out. Yeah. I had the best time. I actually fucking really love you two guys. This has fucking been great. Likewise, man. I really fucking... Hope like we become friends. I hope like this is great. Like I absolutely, this is really fantastic. This, has been this a is great awesome. Time. It's uh really cool to finally meet you. And uh... oh my god, and and like the fact that you guys are asking like my words to be on yes. your cover your album. Of that course. is the biggest we fucking that. moment of my life maybe ever. <laughs> I'd even be so. down to like start a vinyl like show. Like let's listen to this song or this song. Guess what? I've been thinking about doing a vinyl show, and I. have Always wanted like a fucking partner on that, and here was my thing was this like the was, I was gonna call you know how people call things out with the old and with the new, I was gonna call it out with the new and with the old, and since I have like twelve hundred records, it would be like each episode would be us discussing 
the newest one I have and then the oldest one I have and like recording Boston. Dude, that would it be sounds stupid, cool. but like, do you, do you feel the like interesting idea I have. That's a countdown, but it's from the outside in. Do you exactly feel like you lean more towards like the oldies in your collection or more 100%. modern stuff? Yeah. No, no, hundred percent. I listen like I love. I listen to a lot of music. I'm very eclectic. I listen to every genre except really like. I don't know. Like I hate fucking green grass music. Bluegrass? Bluegrass. Oh, okay. Green I hate bluegrass. bluegrass. I hate fucking... Yeah, Greengrass, green too. Was that like stoner bluegrass? <laughs> I don't know. That was just... No, it was just me mispronouncing Um, it. Man, but you gotta give it to bluegrass players, though. They have some serious I get, chops. No, for sure, yeah. for sure. I'm never like... I never look at music like negatively um, like a technical aspect. I just did that. Gotcha. I'm so eclectic. There's a few genres that just do not interest me, and I have to accept it. Mm-hmm. Because I'm like I can't love everything. So bluegrass, gone. That's like a like rap. Pretty much, I don't listen to. Right. I'm kind of with you on that. I'm definitely into like hip hop. Like hip hop too. I don't really yeah. care for except okay. like '90s stuff. Yeah, like, like the '90s stuff is. But I can't great. like listen to it for a long time. Like I don't have a ton of albums. Like mm-hmm. I have like Nozilmatic. Oh, like I have like shit like that but like they have to be like every song's got to be something mm-hmm. crazy good like i don't know like jizza liquid swords like i love that album i have that that's like one of my that may be my favorite rap album yeah how about uh del the funky homo sapien never heard of it oh wait hold on deltron del the funky homo sapien hold on that sounds yeah, familiar dude. i definitely know who you're talking about Let's check my <laughs> spotify out yeah, or Deltron 3030, mm. I guess, is another one that he's known as. Yeah. I, I only know of him because of the Tony Hawk's yes. Pro Skater soundtrack. Yes, I have missed uh, <laughs> Mr. Ballina and oh. your little crumb snatchers in my playlist, so that means I know this guy. That's a cool album, because uh, he is related to Ice Cube, and Ice Cube produced that album for him. No shit. Yeah. I love Ice Cube. Okay, actually, I have, like, okay, like, one song that I grew up to, dude, Today Was a Nice Day. We yeah. used to listen to it as stoners yeah. every night, but as, like, friend group, we would, like, all smoke weed, and Hell, like, yeah. we can't leave until we listen to that song, and then uh, go home, like, yeah. together, be like... Just waking up in the morning, gotta thank God. A bunch of fucking fat white kids. That's hilarious. That's hilarious. Because I had this friend, like this old friend of mine. Every time, like we, you know, we'd pile into his like fucking Chevy Blazer, and he'd always have uh, that album in there. So we'd be like cruising around, fucking passing the bong around, and listening to today was a good day, and like, you know, uh, whatever else was on that album. But yeah, Dude, same experience. In man. the morning, Ma made no made no fucking hog. Like what the <laughs> hell? There was no smog, and Ma made no hog. Didn't have to pull out the AK. Fuck. <laughs> Today was a good day, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, I love Ice Cube, dude. Ice Cube, dude. I... There was a period of time where like the Pretender. I feel that. Yeah, I do like the Pretender. I don't listen album. to him, but I can feel that. Or the uh, the pr- Predator, right? The Predator. Yeah, Sorry, yeah. The, pre- the Predator is what I was yeah. meant to say. Yeah, yeah. it's crazy. What did I say? Pretender. The Pretender. No, yeah. I, I, you know, I said that. I have Pretenders on the fucking record player right now. The Predator. Yeah. Yeah, there's some solid tracks on there. 
Well, the last really significant mushroom trip that I did, uh, I watched Predator by myself. With Arnie? Yeah. The movie? And, uh, as I watched this movie, I realized, like, holy shit, this is a, a masterpiece. The mic's not plugged in. The, the mics are not plugged in, yeah. dude. <laughs> it's straight keep, off the Keep floor. fucking just leaning in. I, I had to find the DVD case. <laughs> I looked around the floor, I found it, I looked at the back, shot. I had to shine my phone on the back to see the, all the details. Yeah. And the movie said who it was, and it was, it was because good shit. Man, you, 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 got some, like, <laughs> you got some Predator action figures too, right? How'd those look when you were tripping? Oh no shit, you're an alien versing Predator, aren't you? I'm, uh, yep. Okay, fuck in, whatever. Great. Anything else you guys want to plug? Okay, oh. Into the Music is not going to happen until this podcast is like already yeah. out. So what else you guys want to plug? So We're going to wrap we, this up. We are working on an album uh, this upcoming weekend, so keep an eye out for that. Uh, True to, we, we're going to get it recorded. I will push the shit out of that. I got glasses on my socks. Watch for that. Uh, that we're... was awesome about those. <laughs> Your socks are awesome. It might take us a little bit of time to get it mixed, you know, because you know, we're kind of fully funded. We just kind of fund our ventures with uh, what we gain from our performances. So it might take a little bit of time, but keep your eye out for... Uh, possibly some single releases and maybe even like a album fundraising show or even an album release show. So that's what's in store for Slowmobile. And uh, yeah, thank Fuck you for yeah. having us on. Awesome guys, keep it keep it slow and uh... hell yeah. Oh, and vote for us for uh, upcoming band of the year for uh, Manitoba Loud Awards. Yeah. Oh, you guys are Jody. No way, you guys are you guys are apart for fucking that. Send me uh, links, yeah, like, so that I can what's, like. What, what's the that. what's the 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 guy who has the, the MLA? studio? Jody, Jody name? and Kalen. Kalen's the engineer, but yeah. Jody owns the studio. So also vote for them for like studio of the year because those Fuck guys yeah. are great. Jody, Kalen, they'll get it for sure. Yeah. Hell yeah! Okay, everybody, love you. Thank you. Vote for him. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs>